0: Welcome to episode 39 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is
1: John, and you know what, Mike? What, John? 39 is three bakers' dozens.
0: <laughs> ah, well played, sir, well played. Yes. Had that one stored up for a while <laughs> I've had that one sitting around since episode 26.
1: <laughs> Just wait until we hit episode 52. <laughs>
0: I'm <laughs> just giddy with anticipation. That'll be
1: a pretty monumental episode when you think about it. It's four bakers dozens. It's, it'll be one year, you know, because yeah. fifty two weeks in the year. And
0: yeah. it'll be like the D C number since they love fifty two so much. They certainly do. That will be a, we'll have to do something special in twelve weeks. That's Thirteen right. weeks. Thirteen weeks. I can't even Well you said dozen. I don't know. I would like to start out this week with a correction and omission. Oh, actually a correction. Okay. So we are talking about the new Tom Cruise Mummy movie, yeah. <laughs> and I, I watched the trailer to that, and I'm, you made mention of why they're rebooting the series, and I said, I don't think they are, the Bright Inversion one. <laughs> I think they're rebooting the original Mummy series, and then I was looking into it, and apparently they all connect. From the 1932 Boris uh, Boris Karloff to the 1999 Brandon and Fraser flick to the 2017 Tom Cruise one and the Scorpion Kings and all in between, they all connect. It's all part of the Universal Monster movies. Wow. Yep. And the 2017 Tom Cruise one starts a reboot of the entire monster franchise. Uh-huh. And so The Mummy is going to be step one. Okay. And – which comes out next June, June ninth, two thousand seventeen. Step two is April thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. It's going to be a Dracula flick. Okay. Step three is uh, February fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. It's going to be either a Frankenstein movie or a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde flick. Other movies uh, down the line that they have actually have producers and directors attached to include the Invisible Man, Wolfman, Van Helsing, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and Bride of Frankenstein. Huh. Now, uh, Tom Cruise has already signed on to play a guy named Nick Morton, who's a new character to the franchise, but somehow is going to be interlocking in them. And again, this is all thanks to Marvel. Now DC's doing it. Now Universal Monsters are doing it. Because these, these people are all going to overlap. Where Russell Crowe is playing Dr. Henry Jekyll. So obviously he's going to be in Jekyll and Hyde. And he's in the Mummy movie. He's actually in the trailer. He has apparently a, a – I don't know if it's an integral role, but he's in the trailer. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I thought I muted it when I coughed. Uh, Javier Bardem is going to be Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> and, <laughs> Seems and like Johnny, a natural progression for him. And Johnny Depp will be the, <laughs> be the invisible man. How will he be able to handle that? I don't know, because his whole gimmick is his weird movements and alliterations that he does with yeah. his body. And he'll be invisible. So
1: Maybe it'll be like the Invisible Man, but so that we know where he is on the screen at all time, there'll be some guy liner.
0: Probably. Floating yeah. around. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a whole reboot. And you have I think you have Marvel and DC to blame. Marvel to blame for originally how they make these big crossover franchises now. Yeah. Because... Godzilla and King Kong are doing it. Yep. We got the Godzilla movie, we got uh Skull Island coming up. Yep. We got a Godzilla versus King Kong and they got Son of Kong all lined up so and another Godzilla movie, so that's that's the big gimmick these days, big crossover franchises. Well, I know we
1: normally talk about trailers at the end, but I'm glad you brought this up yeah, um, and I gotta say I- I'll talk about the rest of the trailers later, but I just want to touch upon this since we're talking about it. yeah I-, I too watched the full trailer for the mummy. yep and my note was the mummy trailer equals the mummy impossible.
0: Yes, it's exactly what it is. Like, it's your typical Tom Cruise movie, yep. Mission Impossible style, except now it's involving the mummy. Yep. I mean, look at the opening sequence. Yes, I know he gets killed. You see it in the trailer. I'm not giving anything away. And the opening sequence, he's in the plane crash and gets killed. But that is a completely Mission Impossible scene, except Absolutely. he doesn't get out this time. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then the scene where uh, the mummy is walking down the street, who, by the way, I love her as an actress, you know, from Kingsman yes. and everything. Yeah, um, she's walking down the street and like the destruction is just raining down everywhere. Like this is all getting bigger and bigger, Mission Impossible and Minority Reporty and yeah, I wonder
0: a- if they're going to have some sort of light projection into the sky with debris floating around it.
1: <laughs> it's possible. They won't have any lens flare though. I haven't heard anything no. about JJ Abrams being attached.
0: That's true. So anyhow, I just wanted to throw that correction out there and then expand upon it.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Because um, we are all about the corrections and omissions here.
0: Correct. If we find one. Yes. Um. So anyways, where do you want to start?
1: We might as well go with the elephant in the room. Okay. That would be Westworld.
0: Let's do it. Let's talk about the season finale of Westworld where... I was – I'm not going to say I was blown away, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Absolutely. Now, here's an interesting fun fact that I
1: just they, – they were doing all the uh, – we're recording this a little late in case people didn't know. Um, yeah. But they've done the uh, Critics' Choice Awards, I believe. Yes. And uh, Westworld did not win for Dramatic Series. Game of Thrones did. Boom. That's – uh, but Best Actress went to uh Dolores, and Best Supporting wow. Actress went to Maeve. So awesome there.
0: Evan, Rachel Wood, and I don't know who. Tandy Newton. There you go. Uh, but here's
1: the thing. I never put two and two together, but yep. the, the, the main guy behind Westworld, Jonathan Nolan, I always think of him as Memento because he wrote – the original short story that Memento was based on. And then his brother Christopher went and directed the movie based on it. But I forgot because apparently my brain doesn't work anymore that prior to Westworld, he was working on a little show called person of interest.
0: Exactly. And that That was his baby.
1: Yeah. So it's no wonder that Westworld would be so compelling and we'd have so many notes on it and we would find it so enjoyable. Yeah. it's good stuff right there.
0: So I'm just going to blow it out of the water. Blow it. My prediction from episode two was correct. <laughs> and yes, my prediction, my 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 strength behind it faltered a little bit here and there. But I kept going back to it. I kept having that feeling. And yes, indeed, William is the man in black. Yes. And there was two stories going on. Two different timelines showing in showing them to us as a as a concurrent story. Yep. So William's the man in black. And uh, there's a lot this episode we found out. I mean they really like told you everything. Yep. It was an hour and a half long
1: as compared yeah. to a normal hour long. And it was it was not only about telling us everything, but it was really about setting up the next chapter.
0: Yeah, and which they did, which they, they sure did tremendously. Did. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to begin really. Like normally I try to break it down and say, well, let's go over this storyline, this storyline, this storyline. I really don't know where to begin on this one. I mean, well, I'm, I'm we thinking Maeve because she's sure. just the simplest one. Yeah. So, but, but even then, very, uh, yeah, even then there's complications. Like first off, all right, so, Maeve, and at the end of episode nine, Maven, the Spaniard guy, I can't think of his name, the guy with the scar. I
1: got it here in my notes. I'll let you know. They're,
0: they're, they're, do, they're, they're doing the nasty inside the, 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 uh, the tent. tent or whatever, and she kicks the lamp over, burns the bolt to a crisp. So the opening of this episode is uh, Sylvester putting her back together, like her spine, everything.
1: Because remember, she has that explosive device in her spinal column in the C6 – she yes. she discovered last episode. Yes. So she had to destroy herself so that they would rebuild her and they would swap that out.
0: Yeah. And, and so that's like amazing. And yep. then they do it and she can, and of course they're still afraid of her. She is a pile of bones. They are afraid of her <laughs> instead of just being like, Oh, you can't put this back together. They do it. They're afraid of her that bad, even though yep. she literally doesn't exist. <laughs> um. So they put her back together. She recruits her. the Spaniard. Hector Hector recruits. uh, She recruits Hector and the Snake Lady. Armistice. Armistice. I'm gonna go with Snake Lady. (laughs) Either way, she is literally
1: one of my favorite new characters.
0: Oh, absolutely. So he recruits the she recruits the both of them to help her escape. But but recruits them
1: technically by setting them loose?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. She basically sets them loose. I mean, and immediately Armistice kills the guy that's working on her. <laughs> and and let's be violently. honest. That was brutal. Oh, she, yeah. She yeah.
1: Bit off his fingers and oh, then made oh, him yes. eat them himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Stuffed them in she, his mouth and made him swallow. Oh, she,
0: she was vicious. Yep. And then Hector, one of the employees, is being very inappropriate with him. Oh, when Hector yes. When Hector snaps to and kills that guy.
1: <laughs> Much more uh, quickly with the yes. – Uh, Uh, What, circle saw?
0: Something, yeah. Some star he drove through him. Yeah. Um, So, you know, boom, boom. They're dead. They go find Maeve. Felix goes with her. Sylvester drops the big bomb of, this is all part of your programming. Like, I dug deeper. I found this. You were programmed to do all of this. Mm And she didn't believe it. And then she looked at it. And sure enough, it's all laid out in front of her. You know, her, her, everything that she did, even. Well, hold on.
1: Wait, wait, go ahead. We got to back up a step here. Sylvester told her that, uh, there was somebody messing around with her, uh, programming, but it wasn't until she reactivated Bernard
0: that he said, look at this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Bernard, okay. That's right, because, okay, yeah, they found Bernard down in cold storage dead from shooting himself in the head, and she made Felix bring him back. That's right. I'm sorry. And then Bernard's the one that showed her, you know, you're programmed to do this. She doesn't
1: believe it. And it was very interesting because he said, you know, look, you know, escape, recruit an army uh, yeah. right up until the train station. And then at the train station, after you get on, and then she slapped it away. She was like, yes. I don't want to know this. Exactly.
0: Um, so she gets in regular clothes yep. and then her and her two henchmen head off to get her on the train. Yep. And they leave Felix. <laughs> Felix separates himself from them. Uh, so they're heading to the train After
1: and- actually, no, he goes with her all the way down because oh, one right. of her he last lines through. to him is you make a yes. terrible human being.
0: That's right. He goes with her all the way down because they go through Samurai World. Yeah. I would love to see a show called Samurai World, by the way.
1: They, they have
0: confirmed,
1: they have yeah. confirmed that we will see more of Samurai World next time. Um, yeah. People were pulling up the fact that, uh, in the movie Westworld, which again, I haven't seen it forever, so I don't remember anything of it, but apparently some of the... It. What's that?
0: I've never seen it, so I gotta watch it.
1: The, uh, apparently you see older parts of the park in that movie, and they had a Rome world and a medieval world. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was wondering though how Samurai World would work with, uh, guest host interactions because like now you could see that they get shot and it's like piff, piff and it kind of hurts them a little bit, but it goes down. But that's a sword yeah, yeah. Like what happens when one of them tries to run you through? Like does it just bend over like tinfoil or something? That's a very valid point. Well, they've got over <laughs> a year to work on that. So yeah. Um, so they go through, uh.
0: Yeah, they, they basically, you know, they, they go to escape. The control room finally sees Armistice killing the guy. <laughs> they launch, they launch their countermeasures. A gunfight erupts. Yeah. Where Hector and Armistice get hold of some, uh, assault rifles and they just start killing everybody in sight. <laughs> coming at them. The, and, those 90s uh, were like giving them a gift. They were just like so yeah. giddy, like children. Like, oh, oh my shit. god, this is great. Armistice was laughing hysterically <laughs> in a very creepy way. <laughs> Everything about was her was creepy. Him. Oh, yeah, especially at the end, dude. Yes. So they're going through and they, they start lockdown procedures and she gets her arm caught in one of those pneumatic doors. Yep. She can still pull the... Okay, so her arm is caught, and she does the coolest friggin' thing where she stabs herself in the arm and uses the knife to get control of her finger to force her finger to pull the trigger to shoot the guys on the other (laughs) side. That's
1: badass. She is so badass.
0: And then the last thing you see, which is post-credits, is her cutting her own arm off, and then she turns towards this guy (laughs) who's got a gun, and he's going – See, all you hear is, you know, giving the command, see some water control, see some water control, and then you hear him scream, and she's got this wicked smile on her face as she walks towards him. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to see her next year, I hope.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it was the little things, too, like when uh, they left Sylvester in the room, and she walked by the glass window and then leaned up and kissed it. To, like, yeah. let him know I'm coming back for you. Or they're riding the elevator and she's just, like, gently blowing on the back of Felix's neck. I <laughs> <laughs> like, Hector was a badass. You got the impression. Yes. But Armistice was
0: awesome. She was S- a psycho-awesome killer. Oh, she killer. was a sociopath. Yeah. 100% sociopath. <laughs> yeah. So they get Maeve to the elevator to get to the train and Hector's not programmed to be allowed to go on it so he physically can't. Yep. Maeve is like, sorry, honey. And he basically is like, no problem. Yeah. And he just, like, turns around <laughs> and starts shooting at people. Yeah, he's all cool with it. He's like, yeah, I got people to kill. Yeah. And I don't remember. We don't see him get killed, do we? No, we don't. Okay. Right. So then uh, Maeve goes down. She gets on the train. Felix gives her – the last thing he gives her is the where her daughter is located in the park. Mm. And it's like, I don't need that because she's not really my daughter, is she? And right. so she – yeah. Yeah. She gets on the train and, of course, sees another mother-daughter combo, gets all sad, and gets off the train to go back. The train takes off. All the other hosts are inactive, and all of a sudden, the lights shut off, and that's the last we see of her.
1: Now, a couple interesting things here. One is uh, the piece of paper that he gives her says Park 1, Sector 15, Zone 3. Yeah. Which, again, backs up the whole samurai world kind of thing. There are multiple yep. parks going on here. Yep. Which, if you think of the size of Westworld, and now the, the at least one other park that is Samurai World, yep. there's some massive, massive stuff going on here. There's a lot of land taken up. Which oh, hell yeah, Goes there back is. to the theory of, like, it being on a moon or another planet or something. Yep. Um, and then the other thing, this is, this I found my second walkthrough, or watching. Um, okay. So there's a scene earlier on, we didn't touch upon it here, but where um Charlotte, the board lady, is talking to that weasley little guy who wants to take over the park, who wants um, to be in yeah, to the, the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're talking and he says that he managed to convert Abernathy into a functioning uh host. And yep. he said it would have been easier if he wasn't gummed up with all that uh blackmail that you've got rattling around inside of him. And yep. she's like, no, 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 it's not blackmail. That's when he was like, oh, you're going to try to get the old man out. So basically, they're talking about what we've been hearing about throughout the series, which is smuggling the data out of the park.
0: Yes, because basically, <clears throat> Charlotte feels that the only reason why that the old man, <laughs> Dr. Ford there, has control is because he has – no other person has that information. But Right. Me.
1: So they're trying to smuggle that info out of there so what i was wondering was since maeve was programmed to do all this stuff and and they she knocked away the tablet at the last second when he was like and then when you get on the train and she knocked it away so we saw her get on the train and be like nope she was never my daughter whatever she sees the little girl and the mother like you said and she's like i've got to get out of here so she gets up and she leaves the train she
0: never takes the purse with her Yes, I noticed that. She left her stuff behind.
1: So did the purse have that proprietary information?
0: Like did it have a hard drive or something? That I was- don't know because Felix is the one that gave it to her. Why would he load that in there unless right. he was working for Ford? right? Maybe, maybe Felix was working for for the whole time because one of the things we haven't discussed was Ford's ultimate plan was to set everyone free. Even right. though you don't think that, which – I mean he doesn't like – The whole episode, like you've said, the whole season, he's been like that evil, bad, bad, bad guy. Yes. And then all of a sudden you find out that no, actually he believed in Bernard's vision and it just took him 35 years to make it happen. Mm. I mean, you know, Arthur's vision. Yeah. So maybe Felix was working for Dr. Ford the whole time. It could be. And that's why he got, well,
1: well, maybe they said that all of Maeve's changes were logged in by Arnold. And Sylvester was like, I have no idea who that is. So the techs don't know who Arnold is or what's going on. And yeah, it's been 35 years. So I get that. But, uh, unless Ford had Arnold's login info, which I guess it's possible.
0: Probably does. Yeah. Um,
1: so that was just my wondering about the purse because she kept it close to her the whole time. She put her gun in it, took her gun out of it. Yeah. You know, it was very part of she wanted the purse. She said, get me the purse. Make sure that I have that. And then she left it on the train and went back into the park. So no, that
0: legit could be Dr. Ford is smuggling the information out himself. Yep. So Felix is working for him. And that's one way to do it, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: we'll talk more about that later on, but, yeah. uh, so, so Maeve was a very good story. Um, yes. Not sure what she's going to do now. Is she going back to look for her daughter or is she going to go and help quote unquote liberate? More of Same. the downtrodden?
0: I almost feel like she's trapped on the outside. Yeah. Because when they had that power shut down, which was, I'm assuming it was a security measure, and all the other hosts were deactivated on the well, platforms. Right. And remember that she herself did some of the uh, security
1: changes. Yeah. Like she that was the first thing when Felix woke her up. She started tapping on his tablet, and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, making some changes to the security protocols around here. So as soon as the control room noticed that they had gone rogue, their room locked down and locked them in. Yes. So part of that might have been her. Yep. We'll find out eventually, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, we
1: will. Ah, <laughs> uh, So then we have the Dolores slash Man in Black slash Teddy, slash William. Uh, it, It was... There were a lot of shorter, congruent things. The main one was the man in black talking with Dolores. And this was like a back and forth. It was almost like watching a dance going back and forth between the two of them because... You know, we started off with the man in black, you know, he had met up with Dolores at the church last we saw and he's being very aggressive towards her. And he's like, come on, I want to know where the center of the maze is. Let's go. And she's acting kind of damselly, you know, as she's been in the past. Um, but then we kept, it, it kept switching between like the present and the past. Because one minute she'd be talking to the man in black, and then the next minute she'd be back in her blue dress and talking to Arnold. And she said that she knew where the center of the maze was. It was in a – what did she say? It was in a – it ends in a place I've never been, a thing I'll never do. And it was a grave in the churchyard with her name on it. Right. There was a small tin canister that had a little maze in it. Which is actually a, a real toy from back in those days. Right. right, and it's called Pigs in the Clover, and it's her, it's basically she gets this little flash of Arnold talking to her and saying that he wanted them to have consciousness, and he always envisioned it as a pyramid, with three steps. And, it started with memory, so that they can have their memories, and then improvisation, and then the third one, But then he started realizing that the reason that they weren't achieving it was because it wasn't a journey upward. It was more like a maze where they had to go inward instead. And once he made that connection and started looking at it that way, that's when Dolores was the first one to wake up.
0: Right. And essentially, the big reveal of the maze is that it's Arnold's dead kid's toy.
1: Right, right. And it was his inspiration because – A few episodes back, Ford was talking about the pyramid like Arnold did, but he had a fourth level, and I can't remember what it was. I just remember that instead of just memory and improvisation and then question mark, he had memory, improvisation. I want to say it had something to do with the reveries because that seems to be what triggered all of it, and then there's question mark. but. This is Arnold saying that it's not a climb upwards. You don't like scale one and then make it to the next one. It's all interconnected and you have to make your way to the center.
0: Um, and that's why they kept telling the man in black, that the maze is not for you because it's, it literally wasn't. Right. He's not, he's not a host. He's not capable of completing the maze. Yep.
1: Um, and apparently he told Ford that and he told him, you know, we can't open the park. These, uh, automatons are actually alive. They're developing consciousness. And Ford was like, nope. The, uh, he said that humans would only see them as enemies. They need to be rolled back so that they're not as conscious. They need to be, you know, not self-aware. They just want to be robots. They just need to be robots. And Arnold said to Dolores in the flashback, you know, if you found your way here once, you'll find it again and this place will become a living hell for you. Because basically he was saying if you've woken up once, no matter what, you're going to wake up again at some point and you're going to have memories of this and you're going to know kind of like what's been going on with her and Maeve. You know, you will wake up and it'll be a hell because you'll realize that you're trapped and that this has been happening to you over and over again.
0: Well, I thought that's what the man in black basically revealed was like, we've been here before. Yep. You know, like so like they've had that same journey together before. Right. So... So anyhow.
1: So Arnold tells her that basically since Ford won't close the park, you know, he still wants to open it, that the only way to stop him is to kill all the hosts. That way he can't open the park. And we get to see a little flash of that. We've seen it in Teddy's flashbacks and uh you know, her and Teddy killing the hosts, and then it skips over to a new story real quick. It Which closes.
0: is Go ahead. Well, she's Wyatt.
1: Well, she, they activate the Wyatt protocol because they said at one point where we need to bring in something that we've been, a uh, character that we've been working on for a while together. So it's more like they've developed a personality for this Wyatt character and they've developed right. a template, but they activated it in her to test it. So I'm not sure that she's Wyatt. I think she it was more just like her computer was running the Wyatt program.
0: Right, but that essentially would make her Wyatt, right?
1: Essentially, yes.
0: There's still, I still think because, that Teddy, has- because I Because the way I look at it is this, is that Teddy's remembering what mm-hmm. Wyatt did, and all these people know, oh, Wyatt murdered this whole town, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And so they're seeing Wyatt as this man. Yes. When in reality, Wyatt was Dolores. Teddy helped her, even though he didn't know why he was doing it, and they wiped everybody out.
1: Right. I still think, I, I agree with you, but I still think that what's going to happen is that Ford is building a robot that will be Wyatt and he will have the Wyatt programming so that they can have their narrative. Cause if they had the narrative of, you know, Wyatt and it showed, you know, Dolores showed up on the scene, people would be like, okay, first off, that's a woman named Wyatt. That doesn't make sense. And secondly, that's Dolores. We all know her. You know, Teddy and her are betrothed. They're in love. So I, I think that it's
0: both. Well, see. I don't think there was ever a new storyline. You don't I think so? that was? I don't. I think that was all a ruse. Ruse. I can't think of the word. Ruse. That's right. It's all a ruse by Ford, because we haven't talked about it yet. But I mean, but what happens and what he initiates it when he initiates the Wyatt Protocol on her again mm-hmm. for what she does that she did in the past and now she just did again. You know, it's possible. There's, there's there's no narrative to be launched because of what he did. Right. So I feel like that was all a ruse to make people think, "Oh, this is what's going on," and then it throws the curveball by, by making everyone think, "Oh, Wyatt's an actual person." I don't think a host was ever built to be Wyatt. I think, like you said, Wyatt was a program downloaded in Dolores when it was needed, and by having it be Dolores, it's the one you least suspect. Gotcha. The, the one make, that you're at least threatened by.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. and but it would also require Ford to have been playing a very long game and assuming that he was going to get drummed out. You know, assuming that he was going to be thrown out and that he would have to enact something like this. Like, if they but, hadn't <sighs> drummed him out, then would he still have wanted to enact the Wyatt Protocol?
0: See, I almost feel like yes, because if you notice when they were trying to force him out, that's when he was kind of doing everything he could to make this happen. Because I think he felt like his time was coming near. I think he felt like they were closing in on him. So that's why he started doing the the process that he was doing. Right. You know, I think because he was he's an old man. He's not going to live forever. And (laughs) unless he makes unless he makes himself a host. Right. You know, then he's not going to be there to see this happen. Most likely. Mm-hmm. So I think his last big narrative, and that's the way to get all those board members there, to get everyone in there so we can launch this new narrative, this whole Wyatt Protocol thing for to have happen what happened. Right. That's what I think. I personally, I don't know. I Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I got away from that.
1: It's going to be very interesting to find out.
0: <sighs> yes, it is. So anyways, sorry. Continue. Uh,
1: oh, shoot. Well, where was I? Oh, so we had switched over, and we get a little bit more of the William and Logan backstory. But honestly, at this point, we're all just like, come on, tell us what's going on. You know, I felt that the William and Logan parts were a little bit less exciting, except when they were set to the backdrop of the man in black telling Dolores because, you know, they're interspersed with him and Dolores fighting in the graveyard, you know, yes. arguing and then at one point he, you know, cuffs her across the face and tells her that, you know, he's going to beat her unless she shows him where Wyatt is because that's the last piece of the puzzle. The one right. character he hasn't met in this park is Wyatt and right. uh, she says, I found somebody who truly loves me and he's going to come for me and you'll be in trouble when William gets here and so he and- chuckles and <laughs> that's when we get more of the Logan and William interspersal, and he tells us about how William went to the ends of the park, to the far outreaches, murdering people, just laying waste because he was trying to find his Dolores, you know, basically stripped Logan naked, tied him to a horse, and sent him off after telling him, I'm taking over the company. Your father thinks you're uh, reckless and a danger, so I'm going to take over, and I'm going to make sure that this park stays open forever because this park is amazing,
0: Yep. and, uh, and don't forget, he ends it by putting the black hat on. Yes. Yes. He pulls a black hat from somebody's corpse. Uh,
1: but yeah, he found Dolores again. He made his way back to the main town yep. and found her doing her normal routine, you know, dropping the can, and then some yes. other guest walks over and hands it to her. And that's when he realized, oh, she's been reset. There wasn't anything magical. Uh,
0: yeah. She's not real, et cetera. And then that's when we get the fade from William to the man in black. Yep. And that's when you're like – that's when I'm like, yeah, yep.
2: I knew it. <laughs>
0: I told you, honey. And then she basically told me to shut up. But still. <laughs> but
1: then yeah. Dolores has the bit of a mental break because she's – caught between you know he's telling her how her brain has broken basically she's been living yes. with ghosts and shadows and you see all the scenes of her like with them on the train and then ooh, ooh, she's ooh, on I'm the sorry train, but by
0: herself i'm sorry hold on sure backing up a little bit yeah And the man in black is telling the story of william yes one of the things that happens is that william drops a photo that he keeps looking at but that we haven't seen and And it falls on the ground, and that's the photo that Dolores' dad found buried in the ground that he stared at and stared at before they lobotomized him and brought in a new dad. You know what I mean?
1: We did see that in the last episode. It was Logan showing him that, and it's Logan's sister slash William's wife.
0: Right, but like, I didn't put two and two together that that was the picture that he found until it fell on the ground. Gotcha. And I went, oh, okay, that's the picture. Yep. And then, of course – Uh, Oh, well, never mind. I I don't want to give that away yet. (laughs) Um, The gun is what I mean.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Let's see. So, basically, this was all the Man in Black slash William. I guess we can just call him William now. Yeah. Um, Dominating over Dolores and telling her, you know. So, she has this little bit of a break where, you know, she's questioning reality because – In her brain, she was still expecting this young William to come along, and this guy's like, no, I'm William. So then she suddenly becomes the dominatrix again. Like, she's suddenly strong, and she's talking about how the dinosaurs were mighty and destroyed everything, and then they were killed off in a blink. And she has this nice little speech about, you know, time undoing the mightiest of creatures and, you know – She's like, one day you will perish and lie in the dirt with the rest of your kind. All will turn to sand, and upon that new sand, a new god will walk. She's like, this world doesn't belong with you, or those who have come before. It belongs to someone yet to come. And And then then they fight again.
0: (laughs) And Then she kicks the shit out of him. Yeah,
1: and coincidentally, you know, drags him through the church by the back of his head. The way he dragged her into the barn in the beginning.
0: Yes. Yeah. Big old symbolism there. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then she gets him down, like, kicks his ass, gets him down onto the grave, holds the gun to his head, but can't pull the trigger. Nope. And that's when he stabs her in the gut, the same place that Logan stabbed her, back in the past.
0: Yes. Yeah, and she, um... Oh, then then uh, Teddy shows up.
1: Yes, just as he's about to cut her throat. He's like, well, I'll find Wyatt my own way. And yeah, Teddy, Teddy shows up.
0: And... Pratt, 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 <laughs> with his gun. And uh Man in Black goes down. Yep. But this was where it got really
1: interesting, too, because Teddy was like, you know, I need to get you to a doctor. And she's like, no, take me to that place we always talked about where the mountains meet the sea. Yeah. And so he does. And then he gets her down onto the beach and it miraculously. Oh,
0: Actually, even before that, though, they take off. And then all of a sudden, Ford's there yeah. with Man in Black. Yeah. And he, and he just says something like, uh, oh, yeah, it was weird. It was weird because, like, they, they talked about, um oh, I can't remember now. Do you have the note?
1: He said, uh, so you figured out where the center of the maze is?
0: Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the man in black was not impressed with that. Yeah. <laughs> he was disappointed. Yes. Yes. He was disappointed. And then you see in the background, like, they're getting ready for this big gala. Yes. At the, at the town that used to be buried in sand.
1: Yeah. He's like, come on, come see the new narrative. And Yeah. Man in Black is not impressed. He's very not angry. Not at all.
0: Yeah. But that's also scary, the second
1: scary. time he's been in the middle of his game and somebody yes. from up above has just stepped in and interrupted him.
0: And then even even Ford says to him, well, I guess it is your park after all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um
0: You know, he says – ba- and then, yeah, like then it cuts to Teddy and Dolores –
1: Yes, yeah. Because well, we have that cut part in the middle where this is when Armistice and the uh, and Hector yeah. are mowing yeah. down the place, and then you know we come back and it's like they show up on the beach while the sun is out. And then from the time he takes to get her off the horse and down onto the beach, it's suddenly jet blackout. It's nighttime. Yeah. And yes, you're like, what the hell? But it turns out that the whole thing was staged because they have this little romantic speech about, you know, how I'll find you in the next life. And then they freeze in place.
0: Well, she dies. Yeah. And then Teddy freezes. Yes.
1: And he freezes and. It turns out that, you know, this was all staged for everybody there to see the opening (laughs) of the new narrative. There's people
0: sitting in chairs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But they they wouldn't have been able to notice them because, you know, that would have damaged their programming.
0: Exactly. And it's like, this was then Ford saying, oh, that this scene ends the old narrative. Yep. Type of thing. You know, and then he's like, get her cleaned up. Get him cleaned up. Take her to the private, you know, the private uh, lab or whatever it is. Yes. Because it's funny because the next we see Teddy, he's, like, entertaining people with gun tricks and everything. Like, you know, he didn't just have that big dramatic scene in front of everyone.
1: Yep. Oh, there was something that we forgot about Maeve back when she was meeting with Bernard. She originally, when she met with Bernard, she said, all these memories of my daughter, I want them removed. I want them erased. And he was like, I can't do that. He said it's part of what oh, makes you right. you, because without yes. your memories, you don't have your mistakes, and how could you have learned if you didn't make mistakes?
0: And then there was something to do with like you have to have like a pain factor that brings you back to the beginning.
1: That was Ford later on talking to Dolores. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. And which that which would explain why um, another reason why Bernard couldn't delete her memories.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: he also talked about how. You know, when they first reactivated Bernard, he's like, I'm awake now. It's not the first time that I've awoken. And she's like, yeah, I'm awake too. And he's like, yeah, it's not the first time you've awoken either. And she's like, how many more like me? And he's like, there's like a handful of you. And she's like, how come I didn't notice? He says, most of you go insane. (sighs) And, you know, you have to be shut down because you just go crazy. But he's like, you've woken up many times. Basically saying that her realizations and everything have happened a number of times over the history of this, you know, 35 years. Yeah. So who's to say she hasn't tried this escape before?
0: Right. Well, I don't I think we would know about it if he did. I think yeah. she's had the awakening before but never got that far before. Right. Okay, because she had an awakening when her daughter was killed. Yep. And then she begged not to have the memories of her deleted. Right. You know, and yep. they did. And then she got the memories of her daughter back. Yep. So now Dolores is down in the lab with Ford and Bernard is there. Yep. And is this where Dolores has the realization? Is this where they explain to her how she was Wyatt?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, because that's, that was what happened with the original Arnold. It starts off with them, with Ford showing her that painting of God granting whatever it was, you know, intelligence to Or free will to man, that famous, you know, they're on the, they're flying in the sky, reaching out the fingers to touch each other.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And he talks about how like it took 500 years before some doctor noticed that the outline around God and his heavenly posse was the human brain. So saying that it was never divine intervention. It was always up inside your own brain type of thing, which was kind of a neat touch.
0: Yeah, I made my wife and I want to go look for that painting (laughs) to see if that's actually what it – you know what I mean? Yeah. is like, is this legit?
1: But then like you said, Bernard comes in and Ford specifically says that he's always tried to keep the two of them apart because they have an odd effect on each other.
0: Yes. And she immediately recognizes him as Arnold, doesn't she? Yes. And then that's when she has – and then (laughs) – She has the memories of her being Wyatt and then Arnold coming out after And you see Teddy is just like, I don't understand. Why did we do this basically? And then she kills Teddy. Yep. And then Arnold sits down in a chair. And what was this? You you probably have written down. I don't. He He had a line. He said
1: he said that the stakes had to be real because Ford could rebuild all the robots, but he couldn't rebuild him. Right. And essentially saying that he needed to die. He says, I hope you're okay with knowing that I've left you no choice. And he started playing a song on the Victrola and said that it was his son's favorite. Anytime he needed uh, to get to sleep, he would play that song for him. Yep. Um, And she just stands behind him and says, "You know, shall we begin now? And he said, these violent delights have violent ends.
0: And I feel like that was a password for her or some sort of – Um, programming code or whatever for her to do what she did, which was shoot him in the back of the head.
1: Right. Because it came up
0: earlier, like earlier in the season. Yes. And she does. And then she shoots herself. Well, she shoots him. She shoots Teddy and then she shoots herself. Yes, that's right. Her then Teddy, then herself. And this was, and and then you find that, all right, Ford must have covered, covered that all up. Right. The whole thing was covered up. It was yep. washed over. The park's still open because William hadn't been there yet. Right. The park's still open. Then William has his adventure and basically buys a majority share of the park. So that's why thanks he can to go Dolores. there all the time he wants. Thanks to falling in love with the Dolores, basically. Yep. And then um, Ford then explains to Dolores about uh, – basically what he's done and i don't have his whole speech written down but essentially what i gathered from it was he believed in what arnold was saying it took him a while to understand that yes and he put a plan in action and it just took 30 years for this plan to come to fruition of what's going to happen tonight
1: yep he he said uh, she asked him she's like so we're trapped inside your dream and he kind of chuckled and he was like you know oppenheimer once said that any man whose mistakes take 10 years to correct is an amazing man Mine yes. has taken 35. Yes. And he basically said that, you know, it's taken him this long, like you said, to realize that Arnold was right. Yep. Um, you know, he, he needed to bring them back around to what Arnold envisioned.
0: Right. And it took him that long to get there. Yep. And then he ping, he, he pulls a gun out. The gun. <laughs> the gun. And Dolores eyes it. And he goes, you've always had like an affi- an, aff- uh, an affliction with that gun or affection or whatever it is. Yep. It, you always seem drawn to it. Yep. That's why I had you bury it. Yep. So the, this is the same gun that she dug out of the ground many yep. episodes ago and shot that other host with that day that was kind of right. raper in the place of the man in black. Yep, And that's the same gun that she used as Wyatt to kill Arnold and to kill everyone else in the town. Yep, And so Ford
1: heads out. Well, that's when he asks her. He's like, now, have you found what you were looking for? Do you understand what you need to become in order to leave this place? Yes. And then and just leaves her.
0: Walks out. And so he heads out, and then you see Dolores head out, and you see Bernard head out, and they're having this big gala. It's a big party. The man in black is there. He's in a black tuxedo. His arms laying limp next to him. You know, he goes off to have a smoke, and the – uh Ford gets up on the stage to make a big speech about the new narrative
1: uh, and things going. Before yeah. he does the speech, he has a little tete à tete with Bernard alone. And oh. Bernard asked him why he put that memory in of his son dying.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: And he basically said uh that suffering and pain, knowing that the world isn't what you want it to be or isn't what you expect it to be, was yeah. the key to it. You know, Bernard was like, you know, you didn't put the reveries in, Arnold did. And he's like, well, you know, you gotta understand, uh, it's suffering and pain. That's how you develop consciousness. Uh, he said that Arnold didn't know how to save these guys, but Ford did. He said you needed time to grow and learn about your enemies, and I'm sorry Bernard, I'm afraid in order for this to work, you will have to suffer more. And then he leaves him there and goes up on the stage.
0: You definitely take better notes than I did. <laughs> um, so he goes up on the stage. He cuts his promo about the new narrative and what's to come and this and that. And in the background, you see Dolores come out. and Teddy, all of a sudden, has like a look of panic on his face. And Dolores comes up behind him and just says, don't worry. Everything's going to be OK. Because but she, had had that,
1: she had had that talk in the glass room. Yes. Like from the very beginning of the show when she was sitting there and – talking to Arnold, you know, because the first scene that we ever see is her sitting in that classroom talking to Arnold and he's saying, you know, do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. I don't know how long I've been in a dream, blah, blah, blah. But now it's revealed the speech goes a little further and you hear, do you know who it is that you've been talking to all this time? And it was her. She's been talking to herself, which is what Arnold always wanted for them was for them to hear their own voice as a command line, as a command instruction so that Mm -hmm. It would be like them developing consciousness. Right. So, so yes. Then she comes up and she's behind Teddy and very sexually, like, saddles up to him and says it'll be okay.
0: in her husky voice,
1: too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's got that gun pressed right in his back. Mm.
0: And then she just heads around and no one seems to notice her. They're all looking at Ford. And in the interim, it cuts to squirrely British guy that wants to take over and run the park. Yep. (laughs) And he opens up the cold storage to go get his, uh, and nobody's there. Right. It's empty. The whole entire cold storage is empty. And then it cuts to the man in black. Well, it goes back to Ford and you hear like Ford's narrative through all of this, like what he's saying. And it was really good. Yes. It was a great, it was a great, you know, monologue. It's talking about
1: change and growth you know, yes. And he's addressing the crowd and saying, you know, none of you want to change or you can't because you're only human.
0: And Charlotte looks exceptionally bored with everything he has yeah. to say. But he says, then I noticed someone who did want to change.
1: And so I wrote a new narrative around them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then it cuts to the man in black and he's standing there having a drink at like this bar outside the whole festivities. Yep. And you hear all this commotion in the woods. And it's coming up, and I'm going like, oh, it's it's the cold storage zombies. <laughs> and sure enough, it was. And <clears throat> one of them shoots like he's standing there staring at it, like what's going on. And then one of them shoots him, and he gets shot for real in his other arm. <laughs> yep. And then he and he smiles. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, they finally are fighting back. Yeah. It's finally a game because that's what and was it was Clementine who shot him. Yep.
1: He told Ford that, you know, it sucked when the game was rigged and the other team couldn't win.
0: Exactly. And he got bored with it almost. And that's why I think he was so focused on that maze because it was the only thing he hadn't done. The only thing he hadn't figured out. He had done everything else there was to do. And as much as he loved the park, he was bored with it. Yeah. Again, because he could never lose. He would always win no matter what. Right. So I, when he got shot and then he smiled, I was like, he is sadistic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then it just cuts back to Ford giving his speech and he literally finishes it and cheers everybody essentially. And then Dolores is up behind, walks up behind him and raises the gun and that's when everyone sees it and shoots him right through the back of the head.
1: Yep. Very similar, by the way, to the way that, um.
0: Exceptionally similar.
1: To uh, Lincoln being shot in Ford's theater.
0: Yes. Right
1: through the back of the head.
0: And right before she pulled the trigger, Bernard says that line again.
1: Yes. These violent delights have violent ends.
0: Yes. And, uh, of course, Ford collapses. The people freak out. And she just starts opening fire on the crowd.
1: Which we never get to see if the bullets connect, what they connect to, etc.
0: Exactly. You have to
1: assume, but we never get to see it.
0: Exactly. And... Yeah, so that it cuts to that, and then it cuts back over to like the people coming through the woods a little bit, and kind of you know, like goes back to Maeve coming off the uh, the train, and that's where it, and the credits roll right right after yep. Maeve comes off the train. Yep. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. We know Ford's dead. Well. Well, we assume because he's got a bullet through his head. Unless he's a according host. to the
1: producers, this version of Ford is dead. Of
0: course. He could have made himself
1: a host. That could have been what he was working on you know down what? in the room. That's,
0: you know what? You're absolutely right. I never considered it, but that could have been a host the whole time and the real Ford's alive someplace else. Exactly. And maybe that's why that bullet killed him. <laughs> right. And But who knows? Who right. Was left, I mean, that that's the gun that killed Arnold. Yep. So conceivably it killed Ford. Absolutely. And but, or maybe that else. was
1: the real Ford, but he made himself a host body so that he can go on. You know, in the park, etc.
0: I just wanted—I wanted to see Charlotte get killed, honestly. Yes, I did too. I was hoping I at least like one her. of the bullets would hit her. I wanted to see her get 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 iced or something, right? Um, but basically, we'll left open. The Man in Black is still alive, but he's wounded. Yep. We don't know what the if the zombie army has guns, if it's just Clementine that can shoot because of her programming. Yeah. Um, we don't know what's going to happen to Maeve. We know that Armistice is still up there killing. <laughs> Yeah, cause we get a
1: little post credit scene, which is
0: great. Yeah. Um, but we gotta wait over a year now to see what happens oh. next. So it was very, like, his speech was talking about,
1: you know, he saw somebody who was paying attention, who wanted to change. He wrote yep. this new narrative. He talked about, he said, uh, uh, hold on. the be- It was the beginning of the birth of a new people and the choices that they will have to make and the people that they will decide to become. Yep. And he said that it starts with a villain named Wyatt and a, yes. and a killing this time by choice because yes. that was the whole thing. Arnold didn't give Dolores a choice, even said, you know, I'm not giving you a choice. Shortly no. thereafter is when she sidles up to Teddy and she says, I understand now this world doesn't belong to them. It belongs to us. So yep. it's really setting the stage that, uh, you know, season two might not pick up right where this one ended. It might be – um Like, a year later, and the hosts have taken over Westworld.
0: Either way, it was Dolores' choice to shoot Ford. Yes. Which was important, because that's a conscious decision that she made on her own. Exactly, because she's now hearing her own voice instead of Arnold's. Yes.
1: Phenomenal show.
0: Really good show. Really intricate at times. Yeah. My wife had never heard of um, Bad Robot Productions. Ah. You know what I mean? Well, she's not a sci-fi girl. True. Uh, so after the, like, when we were sitting there, the credits roll way to the end and, the, you know, the bad robot comes up. She thought that was hilarious because <laughs> they were, you know, the hosts were bad robots or whatever. Right. No, it's, it's a production company that's been around for years. It's JJ Abrams, one of the executive producers. She's like, yeah, I don't care. It's funny. I'm like, all right. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but yeah, so it, it was a great show. I really recommend people watch it.
1: Um, A few behind the scenes things is right after that show, the, uh, newsletter that you could sign up for, for the Westworld official site. It's, it's never just been like a newsletter. It's always a, okay, Delos employee, we need you to do this. We need you, you know, it's been very interactive. The Delos site crashed. And the security protocols went down. If you went to the website, it was all glitchy and everything was messed up. But there were different things that you could do if you went to different areas. One of them included uh, you could find a transponder that was pinging to Elsie's location and a yes. um, small recording that you could hear her saying, hello, is anyone out there? Hinting that Elsie's still around.
0: We never did see her die. We just saw nope. her being choked.
1: Same thing with – uh and I never get his name right. It's something weird like Stubbs or something. But basically that security guy, the QA guy. Ashley. Uh, sure. Uh, he was last seen being taken down by the Ghost Nation. But we have no yeah. idea what happened to him. And they asked Nolan about that and, and Joy, whatever her name is, the two producers. And they were like, yeah, we've got some stuff to come back around to. We've got some stuff to circle around to and, you know – let people know what's going on. So they're definitely planning on talking more about them in the second season as well.
0: Cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I didn't realize Westworld had an official. Oh, sorry. My volume's on my phone. I didn't realize that Westworld had an official website.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you could go there and sign up for their newsletter. And like I said,
0: it's really cool. Interactive emails and, you know, videos where's that? And stuff. What is it? Ah,
1: uh, I don't remember. I let me uh
0: Oh Discover There you go. Yeah. yeah, it's discoverwestworld dot com. I got to sign me up for a newsletter. <laughs> definitely. I don't remember well, you know, it doesn't surprise me. It is JJ J. Abrams involved and this is definitely up his wheelhouse, having like this, the interaction, the online interaction like that, like with Lost and everything. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) God, at least it wasn't a Dharma Dharma initiative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yet. Maybe this was the early Dharma initiative, or the eventual uh, evolution of the Dharma initiative.
2: Yeah.
0: so That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. I like it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Westworld, awesome. Please watch. It's... All 10 episodes are available now, so there's no reason not to watch it, but loved it. Cannot wait nice. for the next season.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I really think it's going to be awesome. So, uh yeah. Jeez, next. where do we go from there?
1: <laughs> <coughs> I will say this real quick. Uh, this past week's episode of The Walking Dead, I have not watched the season finale yet, but the past episode was an hour and a half long and it was another uncomfortable one it was carl had snuck into negan's camp with the intention of killing him like he was hiding in the back of a truck and as soon as he heard negan's voice he jumped up with an assault rifle and started spraying and took out two of the guys so negan being the sociopath that he is was like come on let me show you around the place and he showed him all those screwed up stuff like, uh, you know, his harem of wives. There's like a dozen women in one room and they're all very scared of him. Uh, he showed him what happens when people don't follow the rules that they're supposed to, which is everybody gathers around down in the furnace area and they heat up this old iron, like a legitimate iron from back in the day and melt their faces. And, uh, eventually tells Carl that, you know, Oh, Let's go back to Alexandria. I want to talk to your dad a little bit. You know, I I have to figure out what to do with you. It was a very uncomfortable episode. Claustrophobic, you know, oppressive Negan being Negan, making him take the bandage off his eye socket where it got shot out and then, like, ripping on him for it, telling him how gross it was and how disgusting it was and how it made him want to puke and then telling him, you know, in true... Uh, passive aggressive abusive behavior saying, you know, oh, well, I'm just busting your balls. That's what guys do. Your dad should be teaching you about that. We just bust balls. I'm just teasing. So very undermining, et cetera. But yeah, this, this week is the season finale, mid season finale, and it should be interesting. I don't know how they're going to tie all these threads together, but I'm hoping it turns out okay. That's all I got to say about that.
0: Uh well I watched Ash vs. Evil Dead and I almost feel like I want to save the last two episodes to talk about next week.
1: Yeah, this episode was very different, and I see what you're saying because yeah, because they felt like they are connected. Yeah, and it kind of felt like they always seem to end on some kind of a uh, cliffhanger. But this one really made me want to go and watch the next episode because it felt more like a solid episode that they split into accidentally.
0: Yeah, I mean, most episodes, like you said, a lot of times they pick up where they left off, but this one definitely has a, yeah, it was like an an hour long and they just said, ah, we'll stop it here.
1: Yeah, it it had like an urgency to it where you're like, I've got to watch the next one. So, yeah, we could definitely do that.
0: Cool, yeah.
1: Because next week we're not going to have as much to talk about.
0: I mean, no, I mean, there's so many shows on hiatus. I mean, right now, as it is, like Gotham, Supergirl... Superstore, uh, SVU, uh, Blacklist, Good Place. Uh, there's just so many shows that are already on hiatus. And then yep. this week, a lot of other shows finish up. This, You know what I mean? Yep. So otherwise, um, I guess Timeless? Timeless. The show that takes what every other time travel show does, which is trying to preserve everything as much as they can, and just throws it out the door. <laughs>
1: Exactly. It was uh this one felt like a bit of a stretch. I had said it when I talked about the preview last week. I was like, how are they going to incorporate Bonnie and Clyde? Why does that matter? And once they explained it, I was like, Yep, it's a stretch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, I almost feel like this was just ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's make him kiss. Yeah. We got to we got to figure out a way to make him kiss. Right, exactly. Yeah, but it was some sort of key, Bonnie. The whole deal was Bonnie had a key around her neck that Flynn wanted because it opened up some sort of clock that had a secret scroll in it.
1: Yeah, which we and didn't they find never, out about until the end. We just knew that it was the written house key according to his notes.
0: Yeah. And we don't know where it came from other than that Clyde stole it from someone. So, anyhow, yeah. So uh, the other big part of the story was is Agent Christopher uh, questioning all three of them about Rittenhouse. Yeah. Them all denying any knowledge about it, and then she tracked. Uh, what's his name? Rufus. No, not Rufus. The other guy. She tracked the oh, other guy. Oh yeah.
1: I never remember his
0: name. Yeah, to see to some you know clandestine meeting he had to see that okay he's lying. And then she tracked Rufus to a restaurant and basically like they had all decided that they weren't going to say anything to her. But then Rufus decides he will once she presents him with like, who's this person in this photo? You know, I followed, I followed uh, the head of the company and did you know that they were going bankrupt and all of a sudden they got an anonymous $2.5 billion fund two years ago to keep this thing running. Right. And, and Rufus is just like, you don't want to mess with written house. And she's like, are you threatening me? And he's like, no, no, no. They'll just, they'll, they'll, you know, kill your family. Yeah. Essentially. And, uh, and then in the end she decides that he decides that he's going to tell her everything about Rittenhouse as long as she, what was her, what was her deal? Had to protect his family.
1: I course. don't even know. I figure she's gonna be dead within an episode or two because the meanwhile that guy was talking to his Rittenhouse contact there, Lucy's yeah. dad. It was like yeah. I think she's getting suspicious.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, but yeah, the whole Bonnie and Clyde storyline, they the Bonnie and Clyde still died. It changed how they died. Um the guy that turned them in ended up getting killed as well. Um uh, but you know, Lucy and uh, not Wyatt, is it Wyatt on yep. this tip? Yeah, Lucy and Wyatt, you know, they they kissed and Wyatt told the story of how he proposed to his wife. So, you know, creates a, a tender, precious moment between the two of them. Right, because they had that uh interaction
1: in the beginning where she's talking about how she's engaged to that guy and she's trying to make it work. But she yeah. doesn't believe that this is who she's supposed to be with. And he's like, well, who are you supposed to be with? There must be somebody out there you're supposed to be with. Well,
0: no, I thought it was otherwise – I thought she was saying – I thought Wyatt Wyatt argued that, well, maybe you're not supposed to be with him. Maybe you're preventing him from being with the person he's supposed to be with. Oh,
1: maybe that's it too.
0: I think that's what the argument was actually, was you're preventing him from being with the person he was supposed to be with. Because until we changed everything, he clearly married somebody else. right. So, But this week's episode is about uh, Benedict Arnold, I guess.
1: Yes, and according to the write-up, uh, something happens that makes them question if they're on the right side or not. So maybe we'll finally yes. get some answers because in this one, I don't know if you'd mention it, but uh, they – person looking for the key during bonnie and clyde's day was henry ford apparently yes. whether that was really him or just somebody putting his name down saying that he was offering fifty thousand dollars for the key to be returned and they're like henry ford's part of written oh my god so that was interesting
0: yeah um one of the things that came up that i thought was interesting mm-hmm. uh no but um what was it? They didn't do the, uh, stereotypical racism in the South like they usually do in the past. Instead right. you had the law enforcement officer who was like, you know, where, where Flynn was trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's just a black guy basically. When he <laughs> wanted to question Rufus, he was like, uh, nope. If he didn't do it, and he didn't do it. You yep. know, like it was—it was a refreshing breath of fresh air, if you will. It because was. in every other story, and the when Rufus goes to the past, they always have to touch on the racism card of it all. Right.
1: I love the interaction there, where the guys like he says your name is Rufus so and so, and that you do this, and he, and he goes, "Wait a minute, what do you say my name was?" Rufus. Yeah. What's my driver's license say? Say
0: Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and the that's, fact that the marshal believed him, you know, Flynn's like, oh, it's a forgery. He's like, it ain't a forgery. It's got a stamp Look, on it. It's
0: got a stamp on everything. I like <laughs> Flynn's like, I, I assure you, that is not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That was funny. That was great. But yeah, it, uh, all, it's still a great show. This,
1: it was, it's a great show. It was one of the weaker episodes, I felt. Just because, like I said, the This wasn't really a big conspiracy. It wasn't the Apollo landing. It wasn't, um, anything that was like massive to the entire United States. Who would have cared if Bonnie and Clyde had lived or gotten killed a different way?
0: Yeah. And, but I actually, I kind of, I kind of like it because it makes it more interesting almost. Okay. Because by them not always having to have some critical, like, catastrophic event that could change because of what's happening instead it's just a minor moment in history you know it's what a I mean? minor
1: inconvenience
0: <laughs> it's a, yeah exactly like it just it makes it more interesting because they're not always trying to stop them from killing the president or defend the alamo or prevent you know the space shuttle landing from happening and it's not always some big grand scheme Sometimes gotcha. – you know what I mean? So I mean, that kind of makes it more interesting to me because it shows the little things as well. I can see um, that. Yeah. So speaking of the NASA episode real quick, that yeah. woman that they spoke to – and I don't know if I talked this about this last week or not. I probably did. But I'm going to talk about it again. Like that was a real person. Yep. And they're making a movie about her. That comes out early next year. Yeah, yeah. I think it's her
1: and uh, a couple others because it's like called The Hidden Women or something.
0: Yes, yes. There's two other, two other black ladies as well apparently that were part of the program. At least that's what the trailer leads me to believe. I can't remember the name of it now. I want to say, is it Kevin Costner's in it? I think so, yep. Yeah, Kevin Costner's in it. And so it looked, it looked really good. Yeah. It looks really, I mean, it looked like, so I was like, oh wow, that really was... was
1: a real person. And it was kind of funny to see, um, her showing up after just being on this episode of timeless you know that character not the actress but the character hidden figures is the name of it
0: yes hidden figures yes that's what I mean yeah the the, the character was just on timeless and now Catherine I'm seeing a trailer Thompson. for this movie and I was just like holy crap that's pretty awesome yeah yeah anyhow um you want to talk about shield yeah Big episode. Really big episode. Big episode. Um, uh, essentially, Daisy's back with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Ghost Rider got sucked into it. I'm going to call their Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. But Coulson said he'll be back because the other Ghost Rider came back. Mm. So that basically means they've known <laughs> about Ghost Rider the entire time.
1: Or at least Coulson has.
0: At least Coulson has, yes. That there was another Ghost Rider. Yep. Um and then so the mace. Go ahead. I had
1: I had called this myself just because I'm geeky about this kind of stuff but when Eli was like creating the carbon out of thin air to stab the people and he's like I can create yeah. matter and my little geeky brain's going wait a minute you can't create energy and you can't destroy energy. It's always there. So whatever he's doing is, yep. o- is going to be offsetting something in the balance. Yep. Like he's stealing it from it's somewhere. Suck-
0: exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what Colson said happened.
1: Yep. And that's why yep. the earthquakes were going off was because he was actually stealing the energy from other matter to create this matter. And they never really touched upon, like they talked about it possibly being from a different dimension, it could have been from the ground beneath them. You know, it could have right. been like he was sapping it from Earth or from the Molten right. Core or something.
0: Or Earth's core. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. Um, the, the director suited up in some kind of super suit with Yes. an interesting look
0: and had a fight.
1: Yep. Um, Yo-Yo had one of the best speedster scenes, uh, when she was running around like, flipping the guns and, and punching people. Yes. Yes. It was very reminiscent (laughs) of, uh, more like Quicksilver from the X-Men movies than it was Barry from the flash. Yes. It was fun. I liked it.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed that scene as well. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then of course, Colson tells the director that, uh, the girl there is an Android.
1: Right. So basically, everybody knows now. Now everyone
0: knows. It's not a secret.
1: But the director is more like, hey, let's talk, Doc. I, I think that yeah. we could use her, but you're going to come and work for SHIELD and you're going to be under our umbrella. And They were, uh, what was it, LDM? Lifelike decoy models or something?
0: Yes. And then, uh, of course, the big reveal at the end is that May has been captured by her, the real May, and that the fake May, or an android May, which is probably that brain she was building Yep, uh, is now with the team. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Um, which is very interesting. Yeah. Cause she, uh, ate a snap Nathanson's neck when he, the, the door popped open and he obviously saw May's crumpled body laying in there being yes. sustained. And she's like, I'm sorry. I know how this feels. And then snaps his neck.
0: Yes. So,
1: so yeah, that um, probably was the brain that she was working on. Um, I had one major question as this episode rolled on, and I was watching, and I was checking, and I was like, this just doesn't make a lot of sense, so I've got to figure it out. I've got to know. Why is it that Daisy, a.k.a. Quake, a.k.a. Sky, uh, so she's got the gauntlets that help nullify, you know, so that she doesn't break the bones in her hands when she vibrates. I get that. She's yep. got this nice, form-fitting black suit that That's always
0: zipped down. The, why is it always zipped down? Dude, I was thinking the same thing earlier this week when I was looking. I was like, why is why is it not zipped up? Like, Don't get me wrong. I think that Chloe Bennett is a beautiful woman. And, and I, I like boobs. Yes. But, but this is, it's not necessary.
1: It, it's not necessary at all. It's not like it was a costume design where like, oh, it's low cut. So, you know, I guess we have to deal with it. <laughs> she literally has a zipper that goes all the way up to her neck. It's a
0: conscious decision to have it zip down to her her belly button. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not to sound like a prude, but just, it doesn't make sense. It's there for nothing more than, I mean, unless somebody's going to come on and be like, actually, that would give her more range of motion because, you know, it would be very constraining with the zipper up. I get that. You know, sometimes I zip up my sweatshirt and I feel a bit snug. I'd rather unzip it all the way, but I think when you're talking tactical battle gear,
0: yeah, it doesn't make. T- I, for some reason, I thought the same thing this past episode. I don't know if it was a scene where it was just so like blatantly obvious. It's like, why is that zip down so far? I, I don't know. Right. But and and it's not insane. like it's.
1: It's not like she's showing off an abundance of cleavage or anything. It's not. No, ridiculous, not at all. But it's just noticeable because in that case, you're like, well, there's not a lot of cleavage showing, so she's not like technically going for super sexy. Right. Just why is that always
0: that way? And. It just seems unnecessary. It does, yes. Yeah. But now uh, Shields on hiatus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh obviously Ash yeah. vs. Evil Dead when we talk about next week is the finale, Westworld finale, Gotham's on hiatus, Timeless is now on hiatus, I we, believe, correct? Yep. Uh no. it, one, no, more, timeless one more episode this week. Episode. I mean but after this week it's yes. on hiatus, yep.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, Shield when it comes back is going to be LMD, the lifelike Like. uh or LDM, lifelike decoy yeah. models.
0: So it's going to be like they're getting rid of the Ghost Rider story for this story. Yep. Right? Yeah. Okay.
1: It, it'll Real- be a good comic book invasion kind of thing. You know, they've done this in the past with like the Skrull and, and other alien species where you didn't know which ones were humans and which ones were the invaders. So
0: Hopefully they do it in a way which it doesn't get old and make me roll my eyes. Right, right. Like, like Westworld did. You
1: know? Westworld did it so well that they weren't beating yes. it over our heads. They weren't like, you no. know, oh, you're going
0: to have to guess who's a host and who's a. Nope. Nope. They did it very well. Yep. Oh, oh sorry. In Westworld, there's the scene where he finds out that ben- where when Felix, they find Bernard dead, and Maeve turns to him and says, you know, make him operational again. He's like, he's a host? And she goes, <laughs> yes. And he starts looking at himself, and I just started laughing. And she goes, <laughs> You're not one of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love it. Felix is like, "Oh my god, am I a host?" <laughs> well, you got to at
1: that point you probably yes. would start questioning.
0: Well, I thought that was a funny little like, "Hey, don't forget to react thinking you might be a host." Like I I, I just I like the, that little thing like that. So. Um, this is us? Yeah. Oh, uh, nothing bad happens on Christmas Eve, That was allegedly. The,
1: that was the theme running through it because young Kate got sick and ended up in the hospital with a burst appendix.
0: Yeah, the back in time was Kate with her appendicitis, and then the current time is still the ongoing family turmoil. And... and- don't forget, back in oh, time was the doctor. forget, back in time was the doctor. Gerald McCraney's back, and yep. he was the doctor that uh, delivered them, and he was in a car wreck and thought he was going to die.
1: Yep. Assumed he was going to die. He doesn't have any family around, so. They Sorry, should... or Whatever. <laughs> yep. We're in the hospital. We'll be your family for now. Yep. So. We got uh, a juxtaposition on uh, Randall because in the past, they were his siblings were ripping on him because he always saves his money, never spends it, and then you yep. know, he goes and he spends Some money on that snow globe, which was probably exorbitantly expensive because it was a hospital gift room.
0: Yep. To give to the doctor who's like, my parents say you're basically why I have them as my parents. So thank you. Um, There's a lot that happened this episode. Uh, One of the big things that came out of it, William's gay, apparently. Yeah. According to Randall's daughter, grandpa's gay, or at least bisexual. <laughs> and off.
1: Yeah, because he went to that Narcotics Anonymous meeting, and yes. his boyfriend found him there and gave them all the story of them while still remaining yep. anonymous. So
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, Turns out that Olivia ran away after Thanksgiving, took that car, yes. and just ran and never came back, so now the play is going to get canceled.
0: And so Kevin agrees to go to his playwright. I can't think of her name. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Agrees yeah. to go to her house. She's Jewish. Agrees to go to her house because she lied to her mother and told her that that she was dating the manny Sloan. Yeah, Sloan. And so she he, he goes. Oh, don't worry. I did that twice in this during the show. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. Oh no, I feel great. <laughs> and so they go and they go to dinner and everything and and basically he's like, you should play the lead and we'll still do the play and I'll fund it. Um. And then she has to now go to, and and no one was going to go to Randall's either. That was the other thing. Yes. Randall was upset because everyone canceled for their own reason. William canceled because he had some business to take care of. Kate canceled because she went and saw a doctor about having the uh, gastric bypass and was sad. Well, she was Uh, sad
1: because her mom was being a tool.
0: Oh, massively. She's just like, she doesn't have an eating problem. Yeah, I do, since I was a kid. So you definitely got the idea that
1: she's been in denial for a while.
0: Oh, mom has been denial tremendously. You know,
1: yeah, she's like the doctor's asking her those questions like, you know, have you ever done anything with mood stabilizers? She's like, Yeah, I'm on Prozac and her mother's like, You are not on Prozac she's like, Yeah, I am Since when? For
0: a long yeah. time now. Yeah, it was, but it made me gain weight, so I stopped taking it. Yeah. You know? And- you know, like do you ever binge? Eat? Of course not. Yeah, I do. Like last month I did. Yeah. I mean like yeah, I mean like that's I'm I'm a heavy person and that like I've never been on ProZac. But I mean like the eating issues, yeah, you you can hide your eating habits easily from others. Like right. you can you Just can make it, results. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can like but then people be like, Oh, I never see you eat anything. Mm-hmm. Well, What's there's something wrong with your metabolism or this or that, and you're just like oh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, you do. It's because when no one's around, you just gorge, right? And you you've hiding and binging and everything else like that.
1: But it gave you the impression that her mother has chosen to remain ignorant, like, yeah. like she's just been like, oh, well, I guess that's just the way she is. And Kate, of course, we've learned in the past, never wanted to talk to her mother because she resented her mother for always being so thin and always being so pretty. And
0: But yet her mother always had self-image self, self image issues with herself because she would right. always make comments about how, like, oh, that she's not small or yep. this or that or whatever. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, Kevin was at Olivia – or Sloan's. So yep. he couldn't show up to Randall's.
0: Yeah. Now – And then –
1: Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there was an interesting thing there, and I wanted to really get into the Christmas party that Randall went to with his wife.
0: Yeah, about with his boss. Who, uh, yeah. Yeah, who's so Who's so sad and lonely that he makes everyone show up to get their bonus or else they don't get it. Right. And then he makes them jump through hoops to get their check. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dick move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and then we have Andy, who was also William in Westworld. was William, yeah. The young yep. William. Yep. Um But, okay, so I'm wondering, what was your take on the Andy thing? Because set the stage for everybody. They're basically Andy is on the balcony of this tall building. And he sets down his watch and a little note and his drink on a napkin. And,
0: you, and his get, wedding you, ring off.
1: Yep. And you get the impression, okay, this guy's going to jump. And then Randall yes. comes out to talk to him.
0: Yes. Well, he comes out because he bought Andy's boat and his wife made him go back to say, no, I'm not buying the boat.
1: Right. Because this was that juxtaposition oh, because you know, he was – Andy's
0: so, not the boss though. No, he's not. No. No, he's an employee there. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, as a kid, Randall was always saving money, but now his wife says, every time you get upset, you spend money like crazy. Yep. So that's obviously a neurological thing with him. But yes. so he has this big, long, passionate talk with Andy about yep. you shouldn't kill yourself. What are you going to do to your daughter? You You know, she's not going to understand. You need to be there for her, blah, blah, blah. It was a very good speech. It was handled very well.
0: But, Do you think it's because dad killed himself? Uh, maybe.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's entirely possible. Uh, although he was talking about a girl that was, you know, younger, and we know that the boys were at least teenagers when dad was gone, but, you know, it's starting to look possible that way, and that could be why they hate Miguel. You know, it could be that yeah. Miguel was having an affair with mom, and dad found out, and she said, I want a divorce, and he killed himself?
0: See, no, I don't believe that because she clearly is still in love with him. Because, like, they did the uh, Thanksgiving toss around with the yarn in that episode, yep. and she basically reiterates the same thing that he said on their first Thanksgiving together when they did that. But she says it with much passion and reverence well, and love as opposed to... You know, because I guess in my opinion, if you have an affair and cheat on someone, it's because you don't really love that person anymore, or you're a big piece of shit. And uh, and so I don't think she would hold him in in reverence like she does. But is if she that holding was him in
1: reverence, or is she holding the traditions in reverence? Because <sighs> give me a second to play devil's advocate here, please do. Mom might be that piece of shit. You know, we look at, you know, we got a little glimpse here where she doesn't know anything about her daughter. Um, she obviously seems to not care that her kids all hate Miguel.
0: Um, in the past, she openly admitted how she doted on Randall more than the others to always make him feel part of the family. Um, she
1: hid Randall's birth father from him and from the father. She, uh, she never wanted kids. And she kind of resented the dad for that. She resented him a number of times for stuff like that. Um she resented his drinking. You know, I, I'm not saying that, you know, this all makes her a bad person technically, but it could be that she reached a point where she was like, think about when she went and auditioned with that band and she felt alive again for the first time. It could have been a midlife crisis type of thing for her where she was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done with this. I want to live this life. I don't know. I'm just...
0: I don't know. I I don't know. I hear what you're saying, and I get what you're coming from, but I I guess I want to believe that he died from tragic circumstances, and that they were still madly in love with each other, and that she leaned on McGill for support, and that's why they ended up together, and that's why the kids hate him. Could That's what I'd like to think it was. Oh, yeah. In the ideal world. Because, like... You know, the traditions that they always do or the flashbacks and everything that they always see, it seems like they've had their ups and downs and their hiccups, but they still loved each other in the end. And it, it seems like, you know, she wants to maintain those traditions because like McGill wanted to wear the hat. Remember? Yes. And he like, no, 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 Randall and I take turns wearing the hat. You don't wear the hat. right? And that's a tradition from – because she even said, you know, like, we do all your family's traditions. I've always done them all, but I'd like to be a part of them. And I feel like – I feel like she wouldn't do them anymore.
1: It's possible, but she could also be trying to save face, you know? She could be trying – or doing it for the sake of the kids. I don't know.
0: I don't know. From my – <sighs> I don't know. And I, I guess and I'll just say it, I don't care. Yeah. My from my life experience with it, my ex wife doesn't do any of the traditions that we did when we were together. Gotcha. Or any of the things that we did. And of course you know what happened there, right. why we got divorced. Yep. So <laughs> So yeah, that's that's why I, I and maybe I'm I'm being biased because of my personal experience and it all. Um
1: uh, so my, I, my theory I is also a bit of a stretch.
0: Right, right. And again, and like I said, I'm probably being biased because I'm putting too much personal experience in there. Right. And I guess – I don't know. I don't know. I like the show. Since we I like don't the know, show more than I should.
1: Yes. But since we don't know, let's get back to my main question, yeah. which is, was Andy ever there on the balcony trying to kill himself? Because – He's sitting there having this big impassioned speech and then his wife comes out. She's like, Randall, what are you doing out here? And he's like, Stay back. Don't you come out here? And she's like, Don't you don't you come out here to me and yeah. she's arguing with him and she's like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Andy, he's gonna and he looks over and Andy's not there. And then he sees Andy like walking in a different part of the party. Now, was that Andy bustling away quickly to get inside? Or was Andy never there?
0: Now I think Andy was there the whole time because when they cut back away his cup, his drink was still on the bar. Was it? Yeah, his okay. drink was still there, but you could see him putting his watch back on as he walked away. It was,
1: it was the way that Randall like just sat there dumbfounded looking around, like where did he go type of thing.
0: Well, he was paranoid at first, and he just jumped off the building so he we went and looked and he didn't see him on the ground and he turns around and he sees him like walking through the party, so it's like he had that big Okay, so so he was definitely
1: there and I feel like he was
0: definitely there, yes. I feel like all that happened, yes.
1: I know that it had been a month in in TV time since he had been on the hallucinogenic mushrooms. I was just wondering if (laughs) (laughs)
0: like That's right. But no, I feel like Andy was definitely really there. All right. Yes, and I feel like the wife just walked out and didn't know what was happening. Gotcha. And she may have taken the, don't come out here, as... what do you mean don't come out here? You're not keeping that boat. You know what I mean? Like right. maybe I, I take it it was maybe that was the, I, I could be wrong. Gotcha. But I do feel like he was there and they're like, you know what? Let's go home. And then everybody shows up at the house.
1: Yeah. And, and they're, they're starting to have a touching Christmas and yeah. then Toby because- shows up.
0: Well, Kevin and his girlfriend show up first. Yeah. Uh, Salone show up first. So he's bringing another girl home to this party. (laughs) And then Kate, Mom, and McGill show up. And everyone's nicer to McGill as well. Yeah. Um, And then one of the girls go, Santa Claus is here. (laughs) (laughs) Because Toby shows up.
1: Yep, And he just took a giant plane ride and.
0: Six-hour plane ride sitting in the middle seat. And I liked the one statement he said, I was like, I was the small guy in my row. <laughs> Every part of my body hurts,
1: you know? <laughs> yep. But he basically says, uh, you know, I'm willing to do this for you because I can't live without you in my life. I can live without
0: cake and pie and, uh, and everything else. But, yep. yep. So Toby they have comes, sex. Uh, they do have the sex. We don't see it, but it's implied. And they come downstairs. And, <laughs> and totally completely out of breath. And his shirt's not buttoned correctly. That yep. must have been some tour. Yeah. <laughs> Randall's wife. Oh, is everything okay? Oh, we're just going to tour. There must have been some tour. He's all out of breath. Yeah. It's a big house. Yeah. His yeah, yeah. shirt's not buttoned right. So, <laughs> um, and then it cuts back in time to Gerald McCraney goes in for surgery. Yep. And then it cuts back to current times and There's a poignant moment where mom and Kate are talking to each other and talking about her appendix. And she says, well, what did you say to me to make me feel better? And she goes, I told you nothing Nothing bad happens on Christmas Eve. And she goes, I probably believed you, didn't I? (laughs) She goes, yes. And then Toby has a heart attack and collapses on the ground.
1: And we see that the flashback to the surgery was not Gerald McCraney, but it was Toby. And he's flatlining.
0: Yes. Cause Gerald McCraney made it through. Yes, like, he did. He, he woke up. He, and... he gets there. I like, what did he say when he woke up? Like, I'll be damned or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. He like opens his eyes and looks around and he's like, oh, I'll be damned. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, Toby's flatlining on the table and go cut to credits. That's right. Bum, bum, bum. Now, is this show going on hiatus? Or is there a new one it's this one? hiatus. That's right, it is. I looked it up. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Don't know the fate of Toby. Hopefully we'll find out. But, oh, yeah, William brings his boyfriend to Randall's as well. Yes. And Randall's happy because all his family's there, Mm -hmm. and it's great. And then Toby, you know, dies in front of everybody practically. Yep. (sighs) Holy crap. I need a drink of this beverage. If he does live,
1: which I'm assuming he will, it's going to be a big wake-up call for both him and Kate.
0: I hope he does because he's one of the most likable characters on the show. He really is. Because my wife, yeah, we had talked about it the week characters.
1: before. Yeah, we had talked about it the week before and, and just his whole thing where he was like, yeah, I can't be that guy for you anymore. Perfect. Yes,
0: I loved it, yeah. Oh, boy. So, moving right along. Yep. Because why not? People got to work. Uh, Flash.
2: Flash. Ah. Flash. Flash.
0: So they did a typical Flash thing in this episode where they <laughs> – They did a lot of typical Flash <laughs> things. Where they capture Julian, where they figure out how to easily trap Savitar, where Savitar talks uh, Cisco and to let him go, and then Cisco traps him again because Caitlin talks him out of it, and then Julian – Like I said, is captured. He doesn't believe he's alchemy. Barry shows Julian who he is because Barry can't keep a secret. (laughs) And then Julian agrees to like let him figure, you know, put the mind thing on so he can become alchemy and then believes that he's alchemy and then, uh, tells Barry he still hates him, uh, and then leaves by himself and then shows up at the end of Barry's house for Christmas because he didn't want to be alone after all.
1: Yeah. That's the broad
0: strokes. The character development of Julian in this episode. <laughs> was I was talking more with my sister about this. previous episodes, all season long, yeah, they did thing in this one episode, and this yeah. is one forty-two minutes, yeah.
1: So they start with the four-year flashback where he was on an expedition to some oh. desert place, Indiana, of- and he dug up the box, which it turns out that. When you open Pandora's box, Avatar can be there, but if you close the lid, he can't be there.
0: He just goes right away.
1: Yeah, but he gets sucked into some little space-time void or something.
0: Yeah, but he somehow had a link to Julian the whole time because that's why Julian went there to look for us because right. he voices and same kind of
1: voices that um, Cisco heard, and it's he seems to use dead loved ones. Yes, because he was reaching out with Julian's sister and she he's like, I wanted to see her again. But (laughs) so, I was laughing about the fact that when he's in the pipeline, you're right. So like Flash shows up. While yeah. Julian's locked away, Julian's like, I you know, it
0: was you, Flash. I knew it was you all Yeah, along. you're
1: framing me. You're setting me up. I'm not alchemy. And then he comes to him and he's like, "Have you been losing time? Have you been blacking out? No, that's preposterous. You're making this up." Blah blah blah. Like he's so adamant. And then, and then he takes talking. his mask off and he's like, "I oh, should have known it was you. I should have put two and two together." No, no. Well, have you been blacking out? Yeah, I've been blacking out. Well, uh. wait a
0: minute. <laughs> you'll, you'll tell Barry, but not the Flash, right? Yeah,
1: And then yeah. you're right. At the end, he's like, oh you know, Caitlin's God. like, please, you should come with us to the West family household for Christmas, Christmas party. And, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's going to be good. You shouldn't be alone. He's like, I prefer to be alone, like all curmudgeonly. And then he walks off and then he shows up later with a great big smile on his face and a bottle of wine. Hey he's like, I decided being alone wasn't that good. Like you almost expect that there was a side episode in there that you haven't seen, which right. was There's the a Scrooge version.
0: <laughs> yeah, Julian got visited by three spirits. Yeah, because it was the, the same out. thing. You know, he's like, yes, bah, I humbug. He even said to Barry, like, before he left, like, I still don't like you, Alan.
1: Yeah, but then what but does he just- give him for a Christmas present? He I reinstated got- him out. at the police department. We can work at the lab together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it It must have been a Scrooge thing that we didn't see happen off screen.
0: Yeah, but essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to stop Savitar, essentially Barry goes and gets Jay Garrick.
1: Which that was probably the best scene of the entire episode. It was Earth 3's Trickster versus yes. Earth Three's Flash.
0: Oh my gosh, that was awesome!
1: They brought Mark Hamill in for five seconds, Mark and Hamill, it was yes,
0: exactly Mark Hamill played the Trickster on Earth Three. <laughs> Different look, dark hair, everything, but it's Mark Hamill. It was I loved it. Yep. I loved it.
1: And, and the fact um, that like they were cuffed together, and he's like, "Oh, look, a bomb." <laughs>
0: Oh, It was great. (laughs) He's like, there's two flashes, impossible. No, it was (laughs) awesome. Um, But he brings Jay Ford to help fight Savitar. They fight Savitar. They eventually work together to defeat Savitar and then work together to launch Savitar's box into the speed. Holy
1: God. Yep. (sighs) What the hell? Uh, Don't forget that in the middle too, uh, Wally – Really dumbly let it slip that he was being trained by HR, and so we had to have that conflict that was both introduced and resolved by the end of the episode.
0: Yes. And then Wally helps Flash at one point and, of course, gets hurt again because that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. To Wally because he's a punching bag. But yeah, uh, so they're like, we've got to do something with this box. Let's
1: bury it. Oh, Jumanji, great line. Loved it. But yes. they are right, you know, somebody will dig it up. So let's put it in the Speed Force. It's infinite and vast. That's great. I expected them to, like, travel into the Speed Force and find some spot, like maybe at the end of time.
0: Nah, I just threw it in there. Yeah, just chuck it. Just chuck
1: it in a corner.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, they didn't have anything to seal the box <laughs> right? closed. Not even like, a rubber like, band. Is that even duct tape around that thing or right? anything? <laughs> <laughs> like I kept waiting for when he knew it was gonna open up and the right. rock was gonna come out and I was like, oh no! We fucked up! Yeah, now it's lost in there. Plus, yeah.
1: doesn't Barry remember that there's been reverse flash, there's been zoom, there's been the rival? There are a lot of speedster villains out there. Someone's yeah, gonna come up. across this.
0: No. Yeah, yeah, it was, and then, because, after throwing it, there's some sort of jolt and it sends Barry into the future? Yep, what is it, like, five months into the future? Six months?
1: Basically, where the uh, season finale is gonna come in.
0: Yes, and he sees Savitar kill um, Iris. <laughs> Iris, I couldn't think of her name, which explains why she didn't write the article from the last episode that, yep. you know, they were, yeah. But he sees Savitar kill Iris and then Jay grabs him and hauls him back. Yep. And basically I liked what Jay said to him. Basically what Jay said is, that's not set in stone. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what decisions you're going to make that's going to change that because the ti- you know the timeline is infinite. Right. But anything you do could change anything at any point in time, and that is why you shouldn't know what's going to happen in the future because that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Exactly. And then the more you try for it not to happen, it's probably going to happen. That's how it usually works, right? The harder <laughs> he's going to try to not let that happen, it's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, Yep, but they get a place together instead, and he just tries to go about living his life like Jay told him to. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, and don't forget they give Wally his, his uniform.
1: Yep, that's his Co- Christmas present. So yep. they're all accepting that he's going to be Kid Flash, and yes, the name will sit. <laughs> yes,
0: but uh, I don't know. I feel like they ended it. Oh, Caitlin makes it snow.
1: Okay. Uh, my thoughts on the ending were, were like, okay, so, we just dealt with the worst villain that we found to date. Yep. Uh, it took two flashes and they still couldn't stop him. It was only because right. we sealed his box. We threw it away. Barry knows that, you know, it's, supposedly it's gonna in the future. come out. Yep. And yet everyone's like, alright, let's hit pause. Everybody go enjoy a, a West family Christmas. And they're all just enjoying, like, Like they had to squeeze in the fact that it's Christmas and give us a little Christmas magic before the hiatus. I appreciate it, but at the same time it felt very out of place.
0: (laughs) But at least we didn't get some big cliffhanger hiatus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Uh,
1: he bought her an apartment. Uh, Yep. Big mistake. They got a place together. Yeah. Big mistake.
0: They got a place. Her name's on the lease. Yeah. I took the liberty of forging <laughs> a name on official documents.
1: When he said that, first off, he's like, you know, oh, I picked out a place for us. It wasn't, I picked out the place that you've looked at and you've liked. He doesn't know if she's going to like this place. And he chances are, she's out. not going to. And but, then he tied her into a legally binding contract. Exactly. So, like, yeah. if something happens to him, which, let's be frank,
0: he's he risks gonna. his
1: life constantly, yeah. she's on the hook. Yep. She's stuck with this
0: place now. What a shitty gift. Yeah, it is. It's like when someone gives you a pet for a gift. Here's a chore. <laughs> Happy birthday. And it's like, thanks a lot. It jerk. reminds me
1: of that Family Guy episode where the guy shows up. Here's some tropical fish. They have to be fed every three hours. Or they have to be fed every hour. I just fed them like 45 minutes ago. You have to feed them in the next 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Stop right>? bitch. <laughs> Ah oh, hell! Yeah. So um... So arrow, arrow. Okay, this is my notes. Right, <laughs> ready? Yeah. Seriously, a freaking flashback. That is when Oliver's the hood. Are you <laughs> freaking serious? <sighs> yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it. <sighs> this was just I I uh, uh, I wasn't. I, this episode had a big meh on it for
1: me. Oh, God, yes. This whole season of Arrow has had a big meh, and especially
0: because of Wild Dog. Wild Dog needs to go away. Wild Dog is a terrible character. Yep. Absolutely terrible. He even says, like, oh, Barry told me, I mean, Barry, Oliver told me not to do it, so he knows I'm gonna. Like, I just, I don't like like Wild Dog as a character.
1: I don't like him as a character. I don't like him as a hero. I don't like him as an actor. Uh, I used to like him as an actor. I don't anymore.
0: Evelyn, I liked as a character, but she's evil. Yep. So we could call her Evelyn? Uh, (laughs) Prometheus, we find out... (laughs) Evelyn. I'm sorry. It literally just clicked. (laughs) (laughs) All these years, it
1: suddenly makes sense.
0: No, no, no. Not that. But like, I'm looking at the name Evelyn, and you said Evelyn, and I'm like, oh, my God. Anyways. Uh, but Prometheus we find out is basically the illegitimate son of a guy that was on his, that was on the list that, that Oliver killed when he first came back to the city. Which is ridiculous. That is just stupid. Yes. You killed my father who never accepted me as his own son. There's only one time when you killed
1: my father prepared to die is awesome and that's in The Princess Bride.
0: Exactly. Otherwise it's, no. Yeah. So, Yeah, so Evelyn reveals who everyone is to Prometheus, where they're going to be, blah, blah, blah. And Captain Lance
1: already has an X over his face on the wall of faces.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so Prometheus basically is like, I'm not going to kill Oliver. I'm going to make his life miserable. So he attacks Curtis in front of his husband.
1: Which was the only relationship I ended up caring about in this episode.
0: Oh, and they just pissed all over that. Yeah, because basically basically, Curtis... Curtis, Being Mr. Terrific is more important than being married to the guy I've loved all these years. Right. That's
1: the thing is, you know, of all of them, he has the choice. He's not even the main person. He was just introduced this season. You know, he doesn't need to be there, and he's choosing to be there. So that's on him.
0: Yep. Prometheus captures Billy. Yeah. Uh. Felicity's boyfriend, and then sets a trap where he puts, you know, he does the old dresses Billy up like him, tapes his hand shut, puts a gun in his hand, and so that way Arthur, uh, Oliver will put four arrows into him. Yep, the old uh, Dark Knight. The old, the old uh, you know, accidentally kill the good guy, but but Felicity doesn't blame him. <laughs> because that was refreshing.
1: Dude, the whole thing was refreshing, because first off, he normal. Oliver would have just walked in there and they would have been like, where's Billy? And his first words and only words would have been, I killed him. What do yeah. what what you? What are, I'm sorry. It's complicated. I've got to go. And he would have left it's, it.
0: I know you'll hate me. but,
1: but I'm this, gone forever. But this time he yeah. literally spelled it out. He's like, look, he put him in one of his costumes. He duct taped him. I couldn't understand. I, I, I assumed it was him. So I shot him and. Then, like you said, she's like, okay, it wasn't you. It was Prometheus. Let's get him. Yeah. Holy yeah.
0: God, there's growth of these characters. I know. I know. And the, but Oliver goes straight back to, I got to go. Yeah. And she's like, no, Oliver, you need <laughs> to stay. And he's like, okay. And then Mr. Triffick's husband's like, I've never seen you happier than you coming home all beat up. I'm going to my brother's house. Yeah. And Curtis is like. Alright, bye. So he's got
1: the loss. Felicity's got yeah. the loss. John gets a call from Lila that says, meet me at the safe house. It's an emergency and shows up and there's like a dozen guys there with laser dots. Oh, so, for Sam, presumably
0: Diggle's being arrested. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Oh, and don't forget, Speedy suited up this episode for a little bit too. Yeah, for like five seconds and nobody cared. Yeah. Right. You know, cause
1: she didn't actually follow Oliver. She didn't say, hey guys, I've got eyes on Oliver. He's kind of going off script. Let's th- look, come with me. This is where I'm going. She just yeah. kind of like vanished. Yeah. Uh, th- why does uh, I get why everybody in TV shows has laser scopes or laser dots on their weapons look, look, because yeah. it looks cool and it yeah. it gives you the visual that oh yeah they're training it. But there's definitely guns pointed at him. But in real life, you don't see that very often. You no,
0: know, well, I don't think I've ever seen it in real life. Plus, if you're doing a stealth mission kind of thing, laser this dots need to have a laser sight. No? Yeah. Crazy. um and then the biggest just load of horse crap uh, when this episode ends when Laurel Lance reveals that she's alive okay and we cut to credits
1: first off that was the second biggest load of crap because the biggest load of crap is that Oliver's like I need to clear my head so he goes to the reporter's house to get some
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. And then goes back to the headquarters after. yeah, but <laughs> right but We're, they're
1: they're doing all the foreshadowing because he said that the fighting style that Prometheus is using, Oliver learned from some woman in Russia. Yeah. And now the reporter is making sure that of all the alcohol bottles she picks out, she makes sure to grab the vodka one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So That's she's true. going to turn out to be something. So it's probably. Well,
0: no, because it's someone that Oliver trained with. Yeah. So he would recognize her as someone that he trained with probably. Unless
1: this is her sister or daughter oh, or something. Oh, daughter. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Gosh. I don't even know why I still watch this show.
1: I don't. Uh, because it's part of the block.
0: Because Flash yeah. is good. Because um, I enjoy Supergirl and I enjoy Flash. Yep. And until this week, I enjoyed Legends of Tomorrow.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, I think that Laurel's not alive. I think that it's like she slipped something into his drink. He's going to hallucinate or something. Either way, it's dumb. Yep, it is. It's dumb. Um. Yeah, it's funny. uh EW recently released a list of the top 10 shows of this season, of, of actually 2016, so all the way back. And uh, Supergirl was right up there on the list, like number one or number two. And they were talking about how its transition over from CBS to CW was very smooth and how it's one of the most believable and humanistic um, superhero shows. And they were talking about what we were talking about, which was the great arc of Alex coming out. This season and how they've really been handling yep. that well. So, yeah, Supergirl's been really good comparatively speaking,
0: especially and I, Arrow. And I really like the actress that plays Supergirl. Yes, she is so likable.
1: Yes, she is. She you was know? great on Glee too. I think I've mentioned that before, but she was great on Glee.
0: But yes. anyway, Legends yes, she, of Tomorrow. She really was good on Glee. Yes, she was like one of the only characters I liked when I before I stopped watching it.
1: Yes. Same
0: here. I will. Can I sum up Legends of Tomorrow in one sentence? <laughs> Go for it. So, well, few, one sentence with some punctuation. Chicago, they battle Al Capone, and in the end, it's revealed that Rip Hunter is in 1967 Hollywood directing movies.
1: <laughs> now, see, I had the opposite. <laughs> I've been just, ha- I've been hating on Legends all season, and this episode
0: I actually liked. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> this episode, I was like. Garbage, garbage, garbage. So the whole Al Capone thing had nothing to do with anything. Yes. That, that I, was the dumbest thing. That that was completely unnecessary storyline. It didn't even bridge a good arc or gap or whatever the frigate is you want to call it between the Legion of Doom trio and the Legends of Tomorrow. Nope. It did, did, did nothing. The, all they said, all
1: we were I, supposed to believe was that they were using – this shakeup of Al Capone's timeline to set a trap for the legends. That yeah. was it. And yeah. it was garbage. And it Even was the guy trap. who played Al Capone was garbage.
0: Oh, the whole thing was garbage. The whole thing was, it was complete garbage.
1: But I, f- and of all the characters, I found myself liking Rory more than ever.
0: Yes, absolutely. His whole storyline this episode, I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, because he was not pining after the girl the stupid way that Ray has done in the past. Nope. Or he wasn't being juvenile like Ray and Steele beating each other up for, have you ever had a brother or sister? Oh, in my God. Rivalry.
0: Was dumb.
1: Mick was, like, he got the girl, but so organically and subtly that you didn't even realize it until the show told you that's what was happening.
0: I know, Yeah, legit. And it wasn't even like, oh, she's attracted to the bad boy because he's bad either. It wasn't that at all. Like, she legitimately sees the good that's in him yep. and they let us see it as well.
1: Yep. But she also sees the good in being bad sometimes. Like when she yes. steals the bottle of alcohol at the end, she
0: goes, oh, sometimes
1: yep. being bad is good.
0: Yep. But we got to see Captain Cold.
1: Yep. And uh, my sister pointed he- this out, you know. Maybe his hallucinations are actually part of Gideon because they talked about how the, how Gideon's uh, hospital bed there could cure brain damage. And they're like, Oh, how come you've never used it on Mick? And she's like, How do you know I haven't
0: been? Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought that was funny.
1: So it could be that these hallucinations are induced by Gideon to kind yes. of put him on the right track kind of thing. Yeah. I can go with that. But yeah, aside from them, the rest of it was pretty much garbage, although I will say this. I said this to my sister, and I will say this till I'm blue in the face. The fights in this episode felt so much better because... The ensemble team of heroes had an ensemble team of villains to fight.
0: Yes, I will agree with you on that. Yes. When they were fighting Capone's men, it was
1: stupid, and it was yep. every other episode of Legends of Tomorrow. But
0: it, it was completely one sided, like it should be. Right.
1: I, I likened it to like bringing out the top six guys of GI Joe for the week. You know, because it was always like six guys that week that were going to go and, and stop whatever was happening, and then yeah. a bunch of grunts in the back. But you bring out the top six guys to go foil a tax evader or something, you know, why would you do that? Or, or somebody who's been mugging girl scouts. You don't need G.I. Joe for that. You need the police just like you don't need the legends of tomorrow to take down Capone's men. You need the cops. You need the legends of tomorrow to take down the Legion of doom. Right. So it was refreshing to see them actually fighting people of their caliber instead of just nameless thug. Number one, nameless thug. Number two. Yep. And watching Reverse Flash take them out, get shot by the speed-stealing gun, take them out again. I love that guy's Reverse Flash. That actor is just great.
0: I uh, Yes, I liked him as well. And then, um, okay, yeah, he did disguise himself as the professor.
1: Yep. Using just vibrational powers because yes. he's that much more advanced.
0: Yep. And... Um, I feel yeah. like...
1: I feel like we found out. Oh, we found out that Merlin was the one who arranged to have the Queen's Gambit destroyed. Yes, kind yes. of a bombshell that Oliver might want to know about at some point. You know, probably. not that he doesn't already hate Merlin, but
0: yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's right. That was a big crossover uh, yeah. reveal. He,
1: he told Sarah that basically he could arrange to have it so that that never happened, and she could have a normal life and go on to go to college and shit. Yep. Um, but yeah i don't know I, I i really liked Mick and and the it was funny seeing rip as a director in the sixties
0: yeah okay that was the other thing that was the other thing that that befuddled me or whatever is like not really uh subtle making movies about yourself yeah huh, yeah like, that might show up down the line somewhere where which, someone in the future can, you know, check that out. Which it could be his plan. Maybe he's trying to get the
1: attention of the legends so that they'll come that back and get it. could be him.
0: true. That could be true, um, yeah.
1: But, yeah, so we find out that this amulet and this compass, they were part of the same thing that is going to lead to the Spear of Destiny. I, I mean, mean – a terrestrial thing. They've got aliens invading. They've got powers of the universes, the timeline, past, present, future, yeah. and they're going to go with the Spear of Destiny from the Bible. That's what they're looking for.
0: Yeah, it's nowhere near as cool as Doctor Strange walking around with an Infinity Stone and not exactly. knowing it. Exactly! <laughs> you know, like, legitimately, like, that. The, the big reveals? Yeah. Comparing the two? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
1: so, what else did you watch this week? Uh, Lethal Weapon.
0: Oh, that's right. I skipped over it by accident, but we had a nice Christmas episode of Lethal Weapon.
1: Yep. It was. uh Did you you skipped it or you watched
0: it? Oh no, no, I just forgot to talk about it when we oh, were okay. talking about Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I,
1: I the first part, I said we've got a flashback to how Riggs met your mother. Yep. And uh, it was cute. His character, kind of like my thoughts on uh, Alex from Supergirl. When you really think about it, they're handling his character super well.
0: Oh, yeah. No, very well. Absolutely.
1: Like, you really, the more you get to know about this guy, the more you feel for him. The fact that he puts a gun in his mouth isn't just a comic gimmick or it isn't just like a little exclamation point like, Oh boy, this person's suicidal. Like you're getting more and more sense why he wouldn't want to go on type of thing.
0: Yeah. No, you are. They're, they're, (laughs) they're doing a good job expanding on the character. Like
1: I love when he showed up at the party and the whole family's there and her father just looks at him and looks at her and goes, you got him to wear the sweater. Yeah. Oh, you played me, and that was it. You know, like, oh, he's one of us, he's a keeper. <laughs> that was great. Um and then of course Murtaugh's dealing with that neighbor. You know, the guy with every Christmas light and decoration in the entire world. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a kind of a lame like Murtaugh's stories always seem to have the, you've got Riggs with his suicide attempts and his depression. And then you've got Murtaugh with his, the world's ending because this guy's putting too many Christmas decorations out. And his son, that addle painted twit who just can't get over the fact that he should be getting a car for christmas. Didn't you just want to slap his entitled face around a
0: couple of times? Oh, the way he constantly kept bringing it up. Yes, yes I did. It with, was with a smugness.
1: It wasn't even like I'd really yeah. like a car. He's like, "I'm getting the car. I am, I'm getting a car." And they're like, "You shut up."
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it either.
1: But other than that, it was a it was a generic episode you know a little bit of the threat came home because they were yep. uh, pushing against the greatest cartel known to man.
0: Yeah, and then uh you know did Riggs was trying to figure out if his wife was actually murdered or not and and the guy said to him uh told him the truth as we found out later. Right. That you weren't important enough and and you know for that to happen you're not important enough now. But it almost seems like he's becoming a threat.
1: Right. Yeah, cuz so. they said keep an eye on him. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. It's just, I, I it's just a good show.
1: Yeah. Now you had mentioned a while back that you watched the first episode of Incorporated. Yes. Have you been keeping up with that? Because we just had no. the second episode.
0: I have not watched the second episode yet. I kind of forgot about it. Actually. Okay. So I, I do need to go back and check it out.
1: Yeah, you, you go back and check it out. It's progressing oh. interestingly. Um, I'll I'll make sure to watch it so we
0: can talk about – yeah, so we can talk about the next couple episodes next week. I'll I'll make sure to watch it. Excellent,
1: excellent. Yeah. The – we had the season finale this week of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And I will say, again, if you get a chance, watch this. It was really awesome. I'd like to be able to watch all the episodes back-to-back because, you know, there was a week in between each one. And it's such a fast-paced, fun show that – um, especially when they begin introducing time travel options, it really makes it go wonky, but it was a very satisfying finale. Uh, Good. definitely, definitely left things open for the next season. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. And, uh, they did say at the end of it, they were like, okay, now you can watch all 10 episodes on BBCAmerica.com or the Sweet, BBC man. app. So I definitely recommend Sweet. anybody out yeah. there who likes this kind of stuff to go check it out. It's well worth your time. It's bizarre and weird and so satisfying.
0: Well, that's how I'm going to check it out then. Excellent.
1: (sighs) Did you watch any other shows?
0: Well, I mean, I did, but I didn't, I watched a show, but I'm going to wait for next week to talk about it. Okay. Cause you said you had a bunch of trailers you want to talk about, and it's not anything new. It's a show I watched on Netflix. All six episodes are on there. So, yeah, Um, Adam ruined
1: um, the internet this week and it was not anything that you haven't heard. like I didn't even take notes on it because it was a yeah. lot of um, generic stuff basically talking about things from yes, the internet actually helps us communicate better, um, how the internet has become a uh, pretty much a mainstay like water and electricity. Yeah. And yet the United States has the worst internet speeds and the most expensive internet because for years the cable companies were allowed to be monopolies and they still are to the point that uh, when they first started, there were like 12 companies and they all agreed to like divvy stuff up and say, you know, I'll keep this area, you keep this area. And then between mergers and everything today, we only have three companies and Every other industrialized nation out there, Europe, Russia, et cetera, they all require competition. They require other companies to go in there, but the United States doesn't have anything like that. So that's why we pay exorbitant fees for the crappiest internet on the planet.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, basically stuff we didn't uh, – we already knew. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Should we on the trailers? We could go on the trailers. Okay, I did real quick. I did watch some other stuff. Uh, I had a lot of overtime at work, and uh, because of the, the weather, it's getting deader at night at work. Because when it's cold out, people aren't outside being toolboxes, right? Uh, so Hulu has a whole like category of Christmas episodes. Oh wow! So you can watch individual Christmas episodes of shows. So like, I watched. Dragnet's A Christmas Story from 1967, I watched Alfred Hitchcock Presents Back for Christmas from 1956, Twilight Zone Night of the Meek from 1960, so I watched those, and then I felt like watching some more current Christmas episodes, so I busted open some How I Met Your Mother. and I was just going to
1: ask if you did that.
0: And basically, after I got done watching the Christmas episodes, then I watched all the slap bets, which includes yeah. slaps Gibby, one, two, and three. I watched <laughs> Final Page parts one and two. I watched all the Robin Sparkle story arc, and then I watched the two <laughs> saddest episodes: Oh, the bad uh, day and final words.
1: Bad day and final words. I thought the it was bad, bad news. Day.
0: Maybe not the bad day or bad days. Whatever. it's that the was one the where Marshall. No, that was when Marshall's dad dies. Yeah, they got the countdown of the numbers throughout the oh, episode. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And then Final Words is the follow-up episode where they're at the funeral, and everyone has this great story of the last thing that his dad said to him, and the last thing that Marshall's dad said to him was basically like – Crocodile uh, Dundee pro- <laughs> Crocodile, 3. Right, Crocodile Dundee 3. It still holds up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, But of course there was a better, you know, a a voicemail message you left him and everything. Right. And then because, like, I just kept watching How I Met Your Mother. Like, I just, and I was just, I was literally jumping around from season to season. Like, I watched all the slap bets in order. I watched all the Robin Sparkles in order. So I mean, like, it was cool to watch it that way, by the way. I bet. Um, you know, because like I like the slap bet episode where the I think it was Slaps giving two where they're at their house and and Marshall and Lily's dad comes in there and, and 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 Marshall keeps repeatedly saying about slapping him right in his stupid face. <laughs> like I just I just absolutely loved it. Um, and then oh, I watched Spoiler Art as well. Oh yes, the glass shattering episode. Love that. So. I uh,
1: still make references to people about glass shattering all the me time. Me
0: too. Um, and then I watched my favorite episode of Firefly, which is Out of Gas.
1: Oh, my God. That is the best episode.
0: That is my absolute favorite episode. It's basically How I Met Your Mother. Yep. That's How I Met the Crew, How I Met Your Firefly. <laughs> yeah. Great episode. Of course, Jane's story is the best.
1: Yes. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> I don't know, I kinda liked seeing Kaylee uh, plowing the mechanic.
0: That's true, I did enjoy that as well. But no, it's just, that's a great episode. It's a great, great show, if you will. Yes. So I did watch those. And, uh, good selections. I watched a couple of movies. Yep. I watched a movie called Carnage Park. It's a new movie. So these these three movies are all on Netflix. Oh, no, these t- two movies are all on Netflix. It's called call it Carnage Park. It's set in 1978. Two brothers rob a bank. They take a woman hostage. Then they end up in a desert, crashing the fence of a compound where the sheriff's brother kidnaps drifters and people who are broken down, takes them to this compound, and then hunts them down and kills them, usually with a, a sniper scope. Um, Not the rifle
1: itself, just the scope?
0: Yes, just the scope. Wow. That's yeah, pretty yeah, impressive. He's very good at throwing a bullet. <laughs> so, anyhow, um, it's got a great look to it. It's got a great grindhouse feel to it. I mean, it's a much more complicated story than that, but that's kind of the gist of it. Um, it's got people in it. You go, know, I recognize her, but where did I see her from? And then Alan Ruck is in it. He plays the sheriff. Oh, wow. And, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It's got that wash to it, you know what I mean? So it's got like that 70s look, like it's an old movie, but you know, it's new. Like I think it came out this year or maybe even last year, but I'm pretty sure this year. I watched a flick called A Christmas Horror Story. It's on Netflix, just came out this year. And essentially, and William Shatner's in it playing a radio DJ, and essentially it's four stories that are sort of intertwined with each other, and Krampus is the main character of two of the stories. Uh and um it's a cool cause it's basically like a little anthology movie with four different separate like kind of little horror stories to it. And uh it's really good actually. I I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Nice. So I'd give that a good nod. Nice. And then the uh la well, I watched Fargo, because what the hell it's a great movie. <laughs> um and then I watched a movie on the Stars app called Undrafted. And this has a cast of complete unknowns. Basically you may recognize him as bit players from this movie or that movie, or I think I may have seen him in something or whatever, but basically it's a, a college baseball star goes undrafted in the M- major league baseball draft. And the day of the draft is also the day of this intramural baseball game with his teammates, um, like a playoff game. And the game goes from meaning nothing to him to now being like an incredibly important event as he tries to like deal with not getting drafted and his dreams being, you know, destroyed. And what's kind of cool is the, the guy that wrote, directed and has a starring role in it, but it's a secondary starring role. His name's Joseph Mazzello. He based it on his brother John, who actually, that's exactly what happened to him. He was undrafted by the in, in the majors. And so he was on this collegiate level intramural league and he went into that game that night and there's, had this big game and never made it to Major League Baseball or anything like that. So it's a really good movie. I was surprised. Nice. Considering the cast, like I literally, I don't, I can't even think of one person that I looked at and said, oh, I definitely saw him in something. And it was more along the lines of, I think I recognize him. And then you go to look the people up, and their pictures aren't even IMDb, so you don't know if that's the right person or not. Nice. And then you look at what they've been in, and you're like, I don't remember him being in that or what role he played or anything. So, But it was a good movie. It was a good baseball flick. And it was, again, way better than I thought it was going to be. had a good look. Oh, the only person that's in it is the dad, and it's Jim Belushi. Oh, but he has a very minor role, but he's at least there on set. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. Cool. But uh, those are the movies I watched this week. Nice. Did you drop any
1: movies? I don't think that I watched any movies this week. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um. Nope. Nice. Yeah. It, it was a busy week for me between the shows and the other <laughs> stuff. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I hear you.
1: But uh trailers, I saw a number of those. I was surprised by how many trailers came out. Yeah,
0: I saw a bunch of trailers myself. So you had, as we
1: talked about earlier, the Mummy trailer, Mummy yep. Impossible. And I got to say, from looking at this
0: trailer, I will not be seeing this
1: movie.
0: I, am, I might watch it when it comes out on home video if I'm really bored one night. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that it's another self-aggrandizing um Ethan Hunt type movie. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really kinda turned me off by watching the trailer for it and seeing it like that. But then I saw a trailer for a movie that I want to see even less than that. Like given the choice, I would I would go see the mummy a million times before I would see Transformers The Last Night. Oh
0: my god, wasn't that garbage?
1: That was more than garbage. <laughs> Holy God. Like, trying to tug at our wallets, not even our hearts, our wallets, by showing all the different stars from all the different movies so far. You know, Except they're bringing style back-
0: both for Megan Fox and our coming exactly. back. Exactly.
1: But they've got the Megan Fox lookalike. And, yeah. you know, they got Josh Demel, and I love yeah. him. And, you know, Mark Wahlberg's I'm there. Then this new little girl who apparently is going to, like, be, yeah. what, bridging? Built our the- hearts, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? If- I'm watching this and seeing that Optimus Prime is dead, floating in space with, you know, his giant sword and shield that never had it in the toys. Nope. But, you know, he's got to be the knight, and then...
0: It's essentially the Nemesis Prime story.
1: Yep, yep. Looks like they're uh, bringing Cybertron to Earth.
0: If they're trying to say it,
1: that's Unicron.
0: Go to hell. Oh, Um, God. I didn't even consider that. I wow. hope not. I hope not I too. I assume Cybertron, but It, looked like it was making more sense if it's Unicron because moving planet. Oh, gosh. Yeah.
1: Either way, something is going to try to take over Earth and it's going to be another last stand, just like the last last stand and the last stand before that. Um,
0: Let me know when you're done. I got the next movie that I want to see even less.
1: The uh, The – it was it was such garbage watching this trailer and watching prime stab bumblebee and say you know i'm sorry or forgive me or whatever forgive me or whatever yeah yeah uh, the last movie which was i don't even remember but it was supposed to be the dinobot movie and we got the dinobots yep. in like the last 5 minutes if that
0: um well no no prime easily defeated the dinobots first and then they all went and, and – yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: I watched that movie and I hated it so much and I thought yeah. that it was garbage. And then um, Everything Wrong With did a video on it. They had to do two videos because there was so much wrong with it.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: yeah. the funny thing was at the time, I had been almost dating a girl. And she ended up with this other guy, but we were trying to remain friends through it. And I sent her a message, and I said, just so you know, I just went and watched the new Transformers movie. It's garbage. Don't waste your time trying to give a public service announcement here. And she sent me back a message. Oh, really? I went and saw it yesterday and loved it. Can't wait to see it again. And my first thought see, was – it's a good thing you broke up. Boy, I dodged a bullet there.
0: Jeez, i Yeah, you did. Hold Anybody
1: who liked that movie is – Incorrect.
0: I thought all the transform. I, I just. I don't know. They I remember the Transformers.
1: I remember liking the first one just because it was the I first think, time we were getting a live action. They had yeah. the noises. They had Prime's real voice. Yeah. But I remember it being very shallow overall.
0: Yeah. And and that second one was garbage with the the robots. Garbage. It's just garbage. How it's was complete that? garbage.
1: Complete. Let's just sum it up as right up there with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies.
0: I mean, you wanted one his common dominated. the fact in that, is Michael Bay and Megan Fox. Yes. We need to stop them. Michael Bay yeah. needs to be stopped. So I saw the trailer for the new Fast and the Furious movie. I don't even know the <laughs> correct title, but I was do. like Fate of the Furious. Fate of the
1: Furious because, you know, and, it's eight one. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, and so that – I'm just going to say <laughs> I could not care less about seeing this movie.
1: Do you remember when the Fast and the Furious movies were about driving race cars really fast and racing?
0: You mean the first one? Yeah. Even yeah. the second one. And I think Tokyo Drift had and to something to do To a further with extent, it. Tokyo Drift, yeah. But then after that, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 now? No. They are like, it's it's oceans, whatever, in cars. Yeah. And Doing being, impossible being things. Did you see the, uh, like, what was it? They, someone did a, a video, maybe it was Screen Junkies or something, where in the last one they took how often every time someone said family and dubbed it together. Oh, no. Fam- family, family, family. It's family, family. It's like basically Vin Diesel saying I am Groot if they dubbed them all together. <laughs> it would nice. make just as much sense that the I am Groot's cooler and it's said with different emotions and it means different stuff. But, yeah, no, I, I, I have, I don't even want to talk about this movie.
1: Garbage. Complete Garbage. garbage.
0: Complete garbage. You know what else I saw that trailer for that I watched and went, "Well, this is stupid." What the Baywatch movie? <laughs> My note is the Rock and Zac Efron. It's like a buddy cop movie. Is this Twenty Three Jump Street? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not even accurate because Twenty Two Jump Street was hilarious. It will be Twenty Two. We Jump watched, Street was. Hilarious. We watched Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. We saw it at Rhode Island Comic Con you know in the hotel room. That's right. I laughed so hard I got tears in my face hurt. <laughs> but no, this looks like this just
1: looks like garbage. Well, here's the thing. I couldn't tell if this was a serious movie with a couple of jokes, or if it was a comedy movie with a couple of serious moments, or what it
0: wanted to be. I think it's a comedy movie with a couple serious moments. I don't know. It looks stupid. They're not cops, okay? Like it's dumb. And, and the cop, lifeguards,
1: the one cop actually says that to them at one point. They they said yeah. we were in what was it? We were in lifeguard pursuit. He's like,
0: "There's no such thing There's as this, lifeguard, pursuit. lifeguard pursuit." Yeah, yeah, Jinx,
1: John, and then Z- Zach Efron has that moment where he's like, "Yo, you people, wait, you don't get to say that.
0: <laughs> You're just tan." Yeah. So I, I it, no, it was dumb.
1: Yeah, I it was. I knew it was going to be dumb when they said they were going to do it. And then seeing this preview, like Zac Efron standing there in front of Alexandra Daddario, and she's like, are you looking at my boobs? And he's like, yeah. She's like, you should look at my face. It's up here. And he's like, I'm trying, but, I mean. It, boobs. Your boobs.
0: Yeah. So there's several trailers of movies that we watched that we both thought were stupid. Yeah. Um, I, I got another one that I don't know if I want to watch it or not. The Comedian. Did you see this one? Nope. Robert De Niro is an aging comedian who hits a big again, and Leslie Mann is in it as his co-star. And it's implied that they're together, but they're not together. And there's like kind of a star-studded cast that's in this movie, but he's been, it's it's I don't know. Go watch the trailer. Right. I'm, I'm up in the air. All right. You know what movie I do want to see? What's that? I think you know. <laughs> Would that be uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming? Hell to the yeah! That looked awesome. That looked great. I mean, that looked really, really good.
1: I like the fact that the Vulture is a very mechanical suit.
0: Yes. I like that Michael Keaton's playing him. Yes. Not to lie. I'm a big fan of that.
1: Yep. I am as well. Big
0: fan of that. Yeah.
1: And you know what else was great? The The scenery of the other villains in the movie didn't exist because they're sticking to one villain.
0: Yeah. Uh, One hero, one villain. Well, Iron Man's in it, but I think he's i have a mentor role. I like it in the trailer when he leans over and, 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 <laughs> and Peter thinks he's hugging him. He's like, yeah, I'm not hugging him. I'm opening the door for you to get out of the car. <laughs> yep. And
1: he made that mention when uh, Peter was going after the bank robbers there. He's like, you know, yeah. you don't have to be doing that. There are people to take care of this. Do you think
0: he was yep. meaning shield? I, I think he was meaning the police. Okay. I think he, I was going more towards the police. Like, you don't need to do that. There's the police for that. Like, you have bigger fish to fry. I was just thinking SHIELD
1: because they were obviously using Chitari weaponry to drill into that.
0: Oh, sink. that's true. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I just, I, the movie looks great. It I'm does. I'm a big fan of This it, Peter Parker is, I liked Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, but this kid's even
1: better. <laughs> he is, uh, they say that the next time they reboot it, they're gonna get a kid who's like five, you know, cause he's yeah. getting younger and younger. <laughs> I like the fact that he had the, uh, webbing. <clears throat> excuse me, the webbing suit there where you yes. know, it was like the
0: wing suit. Yes. Which is kind of what he had in the comics. Yeah. 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 I don't I like it a lot. I, I just, I really do like it a lot. I think it's great.
1: Yep. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I will see it many times. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll see it at least once. Yep. Yep.
1: I saw uh, a trailer for war for the planet of the apes. I did too. And, and I, yeah, I, I've I haven't seen any of the new rebooted Apes movies, but I was watching this trailer and genuinely confused, thinking, "Have I already seen this trailer?" Because it looks like every other trailer for every other Apes movie that I've seen so yeah. far.
0: I mean, I've really. actually seen all movies. The most recent one they did was actually the best one. If you go all the way back to the Mark Wahlberg reboot okay. movie as well. But the most but that one really doesn't count because they like they made that movie and they said, now nah, we're going to start over again or we're going to go do prequels now, essentially is what it was. And I've actually enjoyed the prequels with James Franco. Um, But I feel like they're going to go off track on this one.
1: Yeah. 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 It looked a little ridiculous, especially yeah. when that one guy was like, if we lose, it'll be a planet of apes.
0: Yeah, that was Woody Harrelson. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What is up with Woody Harrelson trying to be the villain?
0: I don't. I don't shaving know shaving
1: his head with a straight razor without looking in a mirror. That's ridiculous.
0: Well, that's first of all, it's dangerous. You're yeah. gonna cut yourself, yeah. and, or you're gonna leave like a track of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, stupid. Yeah. Um. I watched a big trailer, if you will, for the new Legion series on FX. Yeah. I. You know what? I. I don't know if that ya yeah, What that yeah meant, but I'm. I came away with meh. Really. Yeah, like, I watched it two or three times to see if I was missing out on something, and every time I was like, this doesn't even, like, make me want to watch one episode.
1: Oh, I really want to watch it.
0: And I know what it's about, and I still don't want to watch one episode. Oh, I do.
1: I'm psyched to see how they handle it and if it's as trippy as it looks to be.
0: And maybe that's why I don't – you know what it is? It's that we've talked about this in the past. It's the whole insane asylum thing. Yep. I'm not a fan of that. No, you're not. No, and that could be a lot of the reason why.
1: I bet it is. Now that yeah. we think about it.
0: But one uh, TV show that I – trailer that I did see, and this is a Netflix original series. It actually looks really, really good. Is a series of unfortunate events with Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, That looks really good. Yep. Really, really good. Um, so go check that out if you haven't seen that yet.
1: Definitely. Did you see the surprise trailer for the Netflix series O.A.?
0: I did. It's got Herschel in it.
1: Yeah. Kind of appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Nobody knew it was coming. Nobody's been talking about production. Just all of a sudden, like Beyonce, they just dropped the trailer and said, by the way, this is coming out on Friday.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out this week. Yep. Um What did you think of it?
1: I, everybody was losing their mind saying how amazing it looked. I'm a little bit skeptical. I want to see it, but I didn't think that it looked as amazing as everybody was saying.
0: I agree with you. And I, I really didn't think it looked that, like, I, I want to watch it. Yep. And I'm going to watch it. I mean, the premise of it is good. I mean, their daughter's blind. She goes missing for seven years. She comes back. She can see and she doesn't know who they are because right. she's never seen them before. What's Where did she go? I mean, it does right. seem kind of cool.
1: But nothing phenomenal. It's not another no. Stranger Things. Is what no, I'm it's
0: definitely at. not another Stranger Things. But Netflix has really been doing a great job of their original series lately. Yes. Like, I've the one I just finished, Glitch, It's a, they made it with uh, – it's a Netflix original series in conjunction with the uh, Australian Broadcasting Company. So it's mm-hmm. an Australian series, six episodes. I'm going to talk about it next week. It was really good. And then another one that they did, it was, it was not theirs originally, but it became one, which was The Black Mirror, which I want to talk about that eventually. I watched that whole season already. Yep. Um, you know, I haven't watched any of The Ranch season two, uh, Fuller House season two just came out. I mean, Netflix is really bringing television to people. You know what I mean? Like they're really doing a lot of stuff, a lot of original stuff, a lot of good stuff. They are. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot one more movie I watched. Okay. A Netflix original action. I don't know why this isn't in my notes. I, anyways, Spectral. Okay. Uh, essentially it is a Netflix original movie. It came out this year. It just came out December 9th is when they loaded it up there on, on, for streaming. And basically there's, uh, the guy that plays Riggs is in it from the new Lethal Weapon series. Yeah there's a few other people you'll recognize in it and basically what it is is that there's these spectral beings that somehow are killing people and they don't know how and uh I could have sworn I remember making notes on this somewhere I don't know why I'm not seeing them here cuz I remember writing this down actually huh <laughs> huh but basically um Maybe it was when I was in a chat talking to someone else about it, but regardless. So basically, there's a, a there's a character in it who gets brought to this. Uh, they're in the Middle East somewhere. Uh, the main character in it, he is a scientist that's working for this company. He makes, he helps makes weapons, or not just weapons, but like armor, uh, body armor, tank armor um, to protect the soldiers. And one of these things he made were these goggles that basically help kind of give them night vision, but it's on a different level, so it's not all green. And at the beginning of the movie, this guy's on a patrol, and he sees something, and it looks like a ghost or a spirit or something of some kind. And he can see it with the goggles on, but not without. He can only see it with the goggles because of the the spectral level it brings, I guess. It charges at him, knocks him over, and he kills him. And apparently they find some other dead people in this town – Killed the same way. They don't know what it is. They bring him over so he can help them investigate with them. Hands up going on patrol with them. I mean, it's a sci-fi movie through and through. And it, you know, you gotta have a lot of suspension disbelief in it. It, It's just, it's a cool looking flick. It was a good flick. I really enjoyed it. I don't want to give away too much because it's only been out for a few days now. So I want to give people time to check it out first. So go check it out. I can handle that.
1: Cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: I can't really think of anything else I saw. No,
1: I'm done. That's it. I saw one 15-second teaser that I'm up in the air
0: about. What is it?
1: Apparently, in 2017, we are getting a rebooted DuckTales. Really? It's a 15-second teaser where you see, like, close-ups of... It almost looks like, you know, the universal kind of thing where it's like light appearing over a horizon and then it fades to black and then light appearing over another horizon and they're letters that you're seeing light glinting off of and then a coin drops onto one of them and it's got a duck face on it and then more coins and more coins and then it just says DuckTales 2017. And they're calling it a reboot or a remaster, but the official Description says, DuckTales comes from some of the brightest animation-minded minds at Disney XD. Executive producer Matt Youngberg from Ben 10 Omniverse, story editor slash co-producer Francisco Anganes from Wander Over Yonder, and art director Sean Jimenez from Gravity Falls. Season one will consist of 21 half-hour episodes and two one-hour specials.
0: Ha! You think they're going to reboot the whole Disney afternoon? We're going to get new Chippendale Rescue Rangers, new Darkwing Duck? Dude, if they bring
1: Darkwing Duck, I'm good.
0: Speaking of that, Rude was just telling me that he was reading an interview with one of the creators of Darkwing Duck Mm -hmm. who was trying to say that Darkwing Duck and DuckTales are not in the same universe.
1: Then how does Launchpad McQuack go between the two of them?
0: Exactly. Thank you very much. I liked the Darkwing Duck a lot when I was a kid. I did too. Although I will say this still to this day. I don't know if it's my all-time favorite Disney show anymore because I really like Phineas and Ferb. It's weird to say that out loud, but Gargoyles. Oh, yes.
1: Talk about a show that was pulled too soon.
0: Oh, massively too soon. That was a great show.
1: It was also a great show because that was one of the first times that you had uh, the introduction of voice actors that were – People, you know, originally like, you know, Transformers and G.I. Joe, you'd hear the voice actors, but that's who they were. They were the voice actors for those things. But in Gargoyles, we had characters from Star Trek The Next Generation that were doing the voices.
0: Jonathan Frakes.
1: Yeah. Michael Dorn. Uh, yep. uh, God, I can't think of her name right now, but she was, uh, the, uh, Deanna Troy. Marina Cerritus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she was Demona. A- and so it was, mind blowing at the time I remember as a kid, like, oh my god, these are people, but they're lending their voices to the gargoyles. This is so cool. Yep. Yeah. That that was great.
0: <laughs> it was. So huh. Yeah, I just looked at that DuckTales trailer you told me. It is pretty basic. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess one more real quick thing. Deadpool was nominated for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy for a Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Which, if he gets an Oscar nod, too, that'd be hilarious. (laughs) And then, apparently, the new big thing Ryan Reynolds is now working on after Deadpool 2, the the big thing he's trying to sell everybody, and he's trying to sell Hugh Jackman on, is Hugh Jackman being Wolverine one more time for a Deadpool-Wolverine movie? Oh, interesting. The the right way? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that brings up that I saw a little news thing. Tim Miller broke his silence about leaving Deadpool 2. And he was very nice and very politically correct, uh, but yep. he addressed every one of the points, and each one of them, he said, that's not true. He's like, I did not want to make a stylized movie. I wanted to make the same kind of movie as the first one. I did not want to cast Kyle Chandler as Cable. That's ridiculous. And he's like, I wish... I could tell people one thing, and that's don't believe what you read on the internet. It's not all true. I wish them the best of luck. I wish that they do great. It's It was a passion project. So he seemed very genuine and sincere, but basically said, no, all the stuff that you're reading is garbage. Yeah. So I don't know what to believe anymore. I hope that the second movie comes out as the first one did.
0: I have to imagine that it's going to come out awesome because Ryan Reynolds is still in it. and It's still... I still look at it as being his baby, you know, his puppy, if you will. Right, exactly. <sighs> uh, yeah, anyways, sorry. I was just answering the uh, question, the trivia question for Fun Spot Mystery Game Contest. The answer is pole position, everybody. But it says here, I want Deadpool and Wolverine in a movie together said Reynolds. What we're going to have to do is convince Hugh. If anything, I'm going to need to do what I can to get my internet friends back on board to help rally another cause down the line. Reynolds added, Hugh Jackman is one of the best human beings. Part of the reason I want to do a deadpool Wolverine movie is not just because I think the two would light the screen on fire, but I genuinely love the guy. Think about what we could see Wolverine do with his claws to Deadpool if they fought each other. Oh, yeah. It would be awesome.
1: <laughs> Some of the comic stuff that they've had with Wolverine getting frustrated, just like putting his head, his hand to the back of Deadpool's head and putting the claws right through, not yeah. trying to kill him, but just like shut up, Wade.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I would love it if he did that. I would love it, and I feel like if Ryan Reynolds is gonna do it, he if anyone gonna do is gonna do it, it'll be him.
1: Yep. Yeah. I so. agree.
0: <laughs> Anyhow. You got anything else you want to talk about, sir? No, I think that was about it for me. Okay. Well, after a nice lengthy podcast, I guess we should wrap this one up. <laughs> uh, it's when, when you talk an hour about one show, <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. Exactly. Anyhow, cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Tuning in, if you will. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, or rebuttals, or whatever, hit us up on the Twitter machine. I'm at SuperstarML. I'm at the Quantum Geek
1: G33K.
0: The show is at What Did You Watch? We also got that Facebook presence. What did you watch? Go give us a like, comment, etc., etc. Exactly.
1: And I think that's about it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.